0: Welcome to episode 5. Today we're doing a deep dive into the Puppet Master series with the fourth film from 1993 and a much later entry from 2012. So adjust your blade, Pinhead, and let's tunnel in because it's time for Frightful Failures!
1: T- okay. If there's any point in the episode where I have to take a quick break, I want you to know that it's because I genuinely, honest to God, have the E. coli bacteria, and I'll be taking a break to take a very uncomfortable, very damp shit. This is not a joke. Okay. I am being 100% serious with you right now. I okay. genuinely have E. coli, and I'm taking a lot of very runny shits.
0: Where did you get E. coli from?
1: I could literally tell you the place, but I feel like we might get into some legal trouble. I know the mics aren't on right now, but I could literally tell you the location and the place, and who was on duty.
0: Like, oh, oh, boy. All right. Are you are you in the middle of of some kind of legal consultation? I'm and that's trying you to be. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you know, I actually was going to tell you that my tummy, uh, not, not E. coli, but my tummy, not great right now, but that's because I just ate two Starbucks cookies that were like four days old, um, and I had them in the fridge for a while as well with a bunch of like moldy cheese that I've had in there for too long. Oh, I'm sure so. that's
1: probably that's probably fine
0: so if we yeah so uh, i guess a podcast audience out there um if you hear a long uncomfortable silence with some odd sounds far off in the distance know that that is what is happening is that both it's, zach it's and i the, have left
1: it's the yucky tummy podcast
0: yes okay
1: well why don't we go ahead and get started oh, with idea. the yucky good tummy idea. podcast yeah Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Frightful Failures Podcast. I am one of your ghost hosts with the most, Zach Romero. Joining me as always is your other ghost host, the most, Tien Guignol.
0: Yes, yes, hello, hello. I just got finished playing Big Chungus for the PS4 this week. My favorite part was the Dante's Inferno character. uh, Or, excuse me, no, it was Dante from Devil May Cry. uh, Pardon me. Uh, Him as a DLC character playable I thought was really great. I give it a 3 out of 5.
1: Excellent, excellent. Quick quick video game uh, review. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, this episode of Frightful Failures, uh, we are keeping within the system we've built of an old film and a new film. However, we are keeping it in the same film franchise and same production company we, we are, are going
0: yeah we are, we are switching it up we we refuse to be consistent at all with our premise we refuse <laughs> if, to allow anyone to come in as a starter episode and be like oh i get the premise of the show if, no no
1: if there's nothing else you can trust from the show it's that we will never con- keep consistency yeah exactly precisely so we're discussing the puppet master franchise here specifically puppet master 4 Uh, By the way, correct subtitle The Demon, not Puppet Master 4. Bad Puppets Gone Good. That is not the original title. Yikes. I think, that,
0: I think that in retrospect, when they re-released a lot of these films as like a $5 Walmart bargain bin series where you can get all nine of the first Puppet Master films, most of them they just used the number because I think they realized that any and all subtitles they were attaching to these films were the shit.
1: Right, so that's the first one we're talking about Is is Chapter 4, and then... Puppet Master X, uh, Axis Rising, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into these films, I have two things of note that I wanted to bring out right away. Sure. Number one, Charles Band, the man behind Full Moon Pictures, the man who brought us these films. I have respect for Charles Band. He brought Reanimator to the screen. So there is at least. A dozen kisses to his manhood for that alone. I thank you, Charles Band, for bringing that to life. That is one of my favorite films. I thank you for it. Number two. To anybody when I was 13 years old that I argued with that Puppet Master was, quote, pretty kick-ass, I want to give you a sincere and honest apology from the bottom of my heart. I know what the fuck I was talking about. And I apologize.
0: Um, now, uh, oh, gosh, I don't know if I should, uh, you know, uh, uh, open myself up like this to the various horror nerds that are going to stumble upon this podcast. But uh, Charles Band's relationship with reanimator
1: uh, Well, he was the main producer, the main um, funnel of money. for Is Re-Animator. that so? Yeah. Okay. So that's the one that really kind of put them on the map. And so... He actually, before Puppet Master came along, and he really... Charles Band is someone who has never met a franchise that he wasn't comfortable just riding into the sunset with. So Reanimator kind of got him on the map, and they rode that out for a while. And then... But I, I don't... I believe Full Moon wasn't 100% ownership of it. So that's why they we don't have 75 Reanimator animator sequels. We just have the two. Um... And so, since then, he makes sure that he owns basically all aspects of the films he releases so that he can make a thousand sequels to them. Right. Case that's, in point, yeah. Puppet Master. Case in
0: point. That's interesting. Uh, to, to my understanding, Full Moon wasn't, uh, you know, anything to, to, that, that anyone was even familiar with until late 80s, early 90s. So that's interesting that he was, you know, already interesting in acquiring properties mid-80s when Reanimator came out.
1: Right, well, yeah. like I said, that was really the big one. That was sort of, if we're <clears> making um, equivalencies here, that was the Toxic Avenger for trauma. That was, right, that was right. Charles Band sort of foot in the door. Right. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about the first film we've got here. 1993's Puppet Master 4. And as I said, original subtitle, The Demon. The redone subtitle, Bad Puppets Gone Good. <laughs>
0: now let's let's jump right in here yeah
1: so so just to give a quick uh breakdown synopsis so we have um rick myers who is this dexter's lab sort of child prodigy who is working on artificial intelligence he can't crack the code and somehow he ends up at this old hotel that is where the first couple of Puppet Master movies, I guess, took place in. Because the puppets are still there. They kind of cross paths. And kind of through the ghost of Andre Toulon, the, the original Puppet Master, Rick sort of figures out how to make inanimate things come to life. That's pretty straightforward, ver- pretty boring. Yes. Oh, however, in addition to all that which is very boring and not really interesting. There's also a devil who looks like a nutsack (laughs) and his cronies who hate the original Puppet Master and already know that Rick Myers is somehow going to get involved with the Puppet Master. So the Ballsack Devil decides that Rick and all of his friends and colleagues have to die. And so the Ballsack Devil sends up little devil puppets In order to kill these people. Those are the two storylines going on in this movie.
0: Yes, which honestly, uh, and I'll just, uh, I'll give this away right now. That sounds like a fair amount of plot to make up one movie. That said, the movie feels like nothing happens in it. By the time you get to the end, you're like, what? Seriously? Like th- th- thats just the end of it. Um, uh, the movie actually does open uh, not with a shot of your main protagonist, but with a shot of the aforementioned Balsack Devil. And I will say this with some amount of certainty: that the scenes that take place, the shots within this little circle of hell, where Balsack oh, Devil you mean, and his—you
1: mean this? You mean this middle school production of Mortal Kombat? <laughs> yes. I shit you not. This is not an
0: exaggeration. This is not a joke. Those scenes look like a commercial for Spirit Halloween.
1: <laughs> That's a, yeah, that, that, I've walked through that display. They literally look like the they are
0: advertising for you to purchase the masks and the puppet that is available uh, in this hellscape. So, uh, so let's, so let's jump right in here. So, uh, what is your first impression of the, the premise of this film?
1: Okay, so, um, The first indication that there was going to be some bullshit going on in this movie is when Rick Myers, smartest kid on the planet, goes like, okay, time to run my final test to see if these computers have achieved artificial intelligence is to play laser tag with two Rock'em Sock'em robots. And as (laughs) soon as I saw that, I went, okay, so there's no real science here. We're not even trying... To 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 pretend that this is real? No, um, no, not at all. Can I tell you something that was like wildly frustrating to me? Oh, please. That there is zero explanation from character to character in this film.
0: Oh, in terms so, of we we are just assuming as the audience that because we saw it on screen, now all the characters just know it.
1: Not even that, my friend. I'm talking about. Uh, who the hell gives a shit? Scientist one calls up boy genius and goes, did you send me something in the mail? And boy genius says, Nope. And the scientist goes, Hmm. Okay. Hang up. Well, why do you ask? Oh, because there's a weird box with no return label and it's got a little tiki devil in it. And I know you collect weird crap. So I thought maybe there'd be a correlate. No, it's just, did you send me something? No. All right. Bye. Oh, Hey, Hey, I'm the scientist guy. My girlfriend came up to visit for the weekend. How sweet. Oh, she brought these two assholes with her. Honey, why'd you do that? No explanation. Oh, okay. Hey, later in the movie. Ah, there's danger coming. Oh, what's going on? Don't worry about it. Nobody communicates with each other in this film. And it drove me up a wall. Because there were so many times where it was like... It was going out of its way to be misinterpreted. Like it was going out of its way to be like, Oh, well maybe they just think they're crazy or something like when an explanation would have resolved a lot of problems.
0: Now, I will say, to comment on the, the two characters you brought up, uh, so his his Mandark, essentially, is like right. the second runner-up on this crazy uh, reanimation project, this this Lazarus project that these uh, scientists are working on.
1: Uh, excuse me, the Omega project? The
0: Omega project, yes, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, so, he's... Uh, Even though it,
1: Lazarus would have made... So much more sense. It
0: would have. That said, um, so they don't really explain exactly what this kid's relationship is. They say that he's on the same team, but... wait a
1: minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So they went to school together. Yes. Dexter and Mandark went to school together. Yes, yes. And then Mandark is saying like, oh, what have I been doing since college? Well, I'm on this super sexy project called the Omega Project, and I definitely fuck. And then (laughs) Dexter goes, oh, is that so? Because you know the scientist that you don't know about who's like feeding you all the information to do the bitch work on because you're a bitch i'm the scientist who's sending you that info you're a cuck that was basically the like (laughs) whoa that was the dynamic
0: that's the dynamic now that said what what blew my mind was that this character obviously a scientist obviously has done his schooling is involved in this you know high-ranking project which no one else seems to give a shit about. They don't talk about the fact that this project, other than the demons, the demons are are well up on it, but they don't seem to indicate that this project otherwise has any amount of funding. It seems like it's just four people working on it, and that's it. No one cares. Um, But that said the relationship is that he's dating a girl that is like a, a seer essentially, right. a mystic which is hilarious because you have a guy that is, you know has, has done his homework and has, you know, gone through years and years of schooling and is a full-fledged scientist at this point and he's dating someone that likes to push around crystals and fuck around with a Ouija board
1: Well, my, my favorite part of that was like they're having this very uncomfortable dinner scene because as I said Uh, Dexter's uh, girlfriend brings these two without explanation and they're all going to just spend the weekend together now. And so, they're all having very uncomfortable dinner. And Dexter asks Mandark's girlfriend, like, oh, what do you do? And and Dexter's girlfriend's like, oh, oh, you'll want to know this. She also is in a field of of science just like you. Oh, is that so? What do you study? Metaphysics. And he's just like, mmm... There's a lot of money in that? She's like, yeah, I've got a grant and everything. Hmm. So magic and science are on the same plane then. Great. That's cool. <laughs> um, uh, one thing that isn't
0: truly explained um, it's implied that there are these couriers that are either mortal worshippers of Balsack Devil and he's communicated with them and says, hey, drop off these wooden boxes. At these oh locations. yeah, we get no
1: explanation of like the men in black who just yeah. are like, here you go.
0: Yeah, yeah. But that said, they are the delivery system that's dropping off the demon puppets to kill the members of the Omega Project. So uh, the first one gets dropped off to the token super hot member of the Omega Project, Blonde Stacked. She's on the team. so yeah,
1: She was uh, the Christmas Jones, if we're going with, like, ridiculous hot scientist. Yes.
0: So uh, she she receives the first product, um, the, the first demon puppet. And security from downstairs kind of phones up to her and is like, Excuse me, uh, Dr. Hot Doctor, uh, there's a package down here for you. She's like, Bring it on up. And so they bring it up. And, like, a classic horror movie unveils it unpacks it, sees, oh this is a very odd uh, who would send me this I, I don't understand and just proceeds to set it there and pay no mind to it. Doesn't, I mean at least the other scientists who received his little tiki devil called up Rick and said you didn't send me this, did you? At least that was the first step I mean he could have clarified a little more and said this is what I received but that's fine. Uh,
1: at least uh, Second, which note about the second scientist, by the way? What is the next thing that he does? He calls Rick, goes, yeah. "Hey, did you send me this?" No. Okay, click. Then he takes the little tiki doll, puts it in a nuclear reactor <laughs> chamber to set it on fire. Yeah, that guy has to have the worst Christmas every year. Yeah, like, oh hey, socks again. No, not for me. Into the chamber it goes. <laughs> These are on fire. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't order this from Amazon. Go and right in the fire, you son of a bitch!
0: I gotta say, I mean, that, uh, it at least follows uh, a sort of pleasing to the horror audience logic that he would dump this scary thing into an, a science incinerator, essentially. Okay. Um, uh, but that said. As soon as it starts making any noise or behaving irrationally, he just, you know, follows the Prometheus rule of, well, open it up and stick your face right in and let's find out what's going on here.
1: Go eyeball first into the danger. What are you doing? Obviously. So, yeah. So these two other scientists who are in like a scene each are immediately killed off. And then um, we're in the hotel with Science Kid and, and his ragtag team, which, by the way. Uh, so, as we've established, Puppet Master is a franchise. This is a franchise built around what some would consider iconic characters. So, how are they introduced into this particular film? I don't know. There's fucking things laying around, I guess. Mm. Like, like imagine if in Hellraiser, instead of seeking out the puzzle box, it was just, like, in a junk drawer somewhere. You're like, oh, is that fucking thing. I don't know like that's exact. like they just like oh everyone's like oh this blade doll is really kick ass like it looks really awesome and the guy's just like oh i found it here It was in my room i guess and then like the psychic lady's like oh i'm getting some weird vibes off this thing where did you find it he's like oh it was in a bag on my bed like gra- <laughs> awesome awesome if he was the only one in the hotel the movie would have never progressed
0: no absolutely he's just like
1: oh it's pretty cool i guess whatever like i jerk off next to it doesn't matter who cares <laughs>
0: Listen, to be fair, that guy has a lot of uh, laser battles to uh, take place in, science-y laser be- battles.
1: Okay, 100% with certainty, Blade, despite his wishes, has seen that guy masturbate in that hotel. <laughs> there is no doubt in my mind. Do- the guy had a generator that was only connected to keep his computer working.
0: Do you think that when Blade saw that guy's dick that those little spikes came out of his eye sockets?
1: <laughs> and then his mouth opened a little. Was like, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah.
0: I yeah. like that there's <laughs> a level of inconsistency about the noises that the puppets make. Blade is pretty much completely silent. Uh, I don't think he makes a single noise. Um, hey, but then he
1: fucking takes his hook and he lifts his little fedora up like... Oh, I'm getting too old for he this says, shit. M'lady. That's all you need to know. That's all you need.
0: <laughs> he tips his fedora. He says, "Milady," And then he, 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 he comments about how uh, her boyfriend isn't respecting her and how the Chad doesn't deserve her, but Blade and he does.
1: Would, and he's already been red-pilled and he, and he <laughs> knows how to really treat a woman anyways
0: precisely <laughs>
1: why is this but no you're the theme of yeah. our whole show <laughs> no there's two themes for our whole show weird like incel culture and nazis those are the yes. two themes of our show oh,
0: and you're you're getting those in full force today pal um, <laughs> Anyway, so yes
1: so yeah so he just stumbles upon this blade and doesn't care but psychic girl's freaking out about it and so she goes down the hall and finds this old trunk that she's like freaking out about. She's like, you cannot open this trunk. Then everybody tells her to shut the hell up, and now the two guys are super adamant about opening this trunk, which I <laughs> thought was so weird. They were willing like,
0: to indulge her completely in following her up to the attic, but then as soon as she's yeah, like, they're like, okay, okay, hang okay on. psychic
1: Sally, where did you get the bad voodoo from? And she's like, whatever you do, don't open this goddamn trunk. And then they're like, guess what? Number one priority now. Gotta open that trunk. And then we get this, like, five and a half minute montage of them just banging this thing with a hammer, like... (laughs) These two science guys, these two dudes who have been, like, through an unbelievable amount of knowledge and, and class and, and reading and research, and they're both just caveman, just banging the shit out of this thing with a hammer until finally <laughs> yeah. it just cobbles open and they're like, Oh, nailed it, dude. Way to go.
0: Yeah, they, they really flip-flop very quickly, became, uh, you know, as the story uh, needs between, you know, proper science gentlemen and then just dude bros so yeah. um, now uh, when they flip it open so they're they're researching into because there's information in the trunk about Andre Toulon about the original puppet master mm-hmm. you see a poster for his you know original uh, show before he was uh, pursued by the Nazis for his secrets because I mean he existed uh, the, the, he, he designed the puppets and gave them life in like the mid 30s uh, yeah so so they take out this poster, and then they find a little journal of his, which has like the Iron Cross and other like Nazi memorabilia in there. And uh, the Mandark of the situation kind of turns to Rick and says, "Like, whoa, look at this! Like, look who who this belonged to at one point! Like Nazis!" And he says, "He says, I hate those guys. Right? In regards I mean- to Nazis."
1: If you're going to clarify, because Mandark is clearly the villain here. Yes. So he's like, hey, just FYI, by the way, not a fan, just in case you were wondering.
0: It's a hot take on Nazis for sure. Um, so, uh, so, so now we actually do get into the actual uh, plot of the film, which is that he takes out some of the other puppets, which are uh, Pinhead, uh, who has giant body, huge arms, tiny little head, uh, Tunneler, Who uh, is dressed like an SS officer, but Mm -hmm. then has a giant drill on top of his head. And then I think Jester is also in the trunk,
1: if I'm not mistaken. Jester is in the trunk, and so is Six Shooter.
0: Six Shooter, which I didn't know the name. They didn't actually say his name, I don't think. Uh, I just saw an American Old West cowboy with six arms and said, If this fucking puppet's name isn't Six Shooter, I'm going to be really (laughs) upset. I'm
1: writing writing a letter to Charles Band. Today. Today. No. Um, And can I tell you, by the way, Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, it drives me crazy that Jester and Six Shooter hardly use it all in this goddamn movie. Oh, for sure. Because I love their designs. I think their designs are very interesting. And I think they're... Okay, so we've been taking a pretty big piss on this whole thing. Let me state for the record that the movement and creature effects for the franchise puppets... Really top notch here. <clears throat> like <clears throat> some of Six Shooter's movements, like when they first wake up, and Six Shooter's like stretching all of his arms and stuff like that. Like obviously very easy mechanical feat to do, but within the context of the film, looks so good. Like there's some real movement of them that looks really really slick. So I will give the movie that. Of of, of anything else, I will give the movie that that the puppets move very well. There's still a lot of care and money put into that part.
0: Now, are, are you not always hyper-aware with movies like this or Gremlins or Child's Play, anything that features an antagonist that is ultimately a puppet or a small animatronic? Are you not hyper-aware, because I am, of the fact that these things cannot move around in the space? And so you're always kind of keeping your brain on the ready for whatever effect they're going to use to translate this thing running across the room or exiting the room in some way. I'm like, oh, what are they going to do? Is it a POV camera? Okay, there it is. Classic. That's an easy one. Uh, do they switch to claymation real quick? All right. That's yeah, I was going to a-
1: say, Puppet Master does like the Harryhausen thing. Like, yeah. You suddenly this puppet needs to go from one end of the room to the other. So then we go to a shot where there's no one else in frame and it's just like very quick action, like boop, 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 like making its way across the floor. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, you you definitely keep that in the back of your mind like, oh, we're all going to be filmed from the waist up suddenly because these puppets have to move around and we're not paying for feet effects.
0: Here's the other thing that I will go ahead and admit to you right now. So uh, this, aside from clips on sci-fi is probably my first full sit-down beginning-to-end experience with the Puppet Master series as a whole. Okay. So, what's interesting about that is that would be like watching Terminator 2 without ever seeing the first Terminator because I don't know these characters as villains. So, I'm meeting, uh, you know, Blade and Jester and Tunneler as these cute little small-soldiers-esque toys that are friends with our hero and are going to protect him and not the chucky of the movie that's going to be hunting down and killing people
1: true yeah that's true um but that being said they were very flip floppy anyway like there's uh you know there i definitely recall them like killing the bad guy in one of the earlier films and like it it was never clear cut they weren't just like ah ha, ha, we're gonna kill only orphans like they were never very clearly defined as like villainous or good um and it only got worse but anyway (laughs) so let's um let's speed through the rest of the film yes 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 um the little devil uh puppets come in they kill off uh mandark they try to oh uh mandark and his girlfriend try to summon uh tulon the original puppet master through like a really shitty looking egyptian ouija board and it doesn't work just Balsack devil is there and um one thing i gotta ask so the devil puppets get killed by the franchise puppets like through a couple of different scenes there's multiple devil puppets i think there's like three of them Uh, yes and so one by one they get killed off by the franchise puppets but the movie doesn't make it clear like doesn't like indicate that they have to be killed by the franchise puppets like which would make sense i think narratively that would be interesting of like well Mm -hmm. they're this weird magic the only thing that could really kill them is the same kind of magic like i don't have a problem with that but the movie doesn't say that and you go, well, what's the subtext? Well, the subtext is, they get killed by conventional ways. Like, Tunneler drills through one of them, and it dies. They electrocute one of them, and it dies. So, like, nobody tries to just, like, shoot one or step on one. Yes. So, it just seems like, you know, all the humans basically are just standing around going, what are you waiting for? To the franchise puppets, and it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> Well, they're small. It's going to take them a minute to get there. It is.
0: Yeah, it it does seem as if I I was never convinced by the movie that these had to be dealt with by the puppets. These little demons, um, but rather that we were just dealing with a lot of very inept, not battle ready uh, people at all. And uh, they were prepared to just sort of run and hide instead of you know uh, pulling out a rifle and trying to Which, take on Which to these my earlier down.
1: point about nobody communicating, by the way, what I was specifically referring to is uh, before Mandark gets killed by a devil uh, puppet, Mandark and his girlfriend run into the living room, yell at Dexter and his girlfriend, "We have to go. We have to run." And they go, "Why?" And they go, "We have to run. We have to go." If you want to stay here, that's your choice. Okay, here's the thing. We were all in the room together when the puppets came to life. So we all agree that living puppets are a thing. We've all seen it with our own two eyes. We all held hands and agreed that's real. It is not out of the realm of believability to tell me, by the way, there's some evil puppets that are alive and they are threatening us. So we have to leave now. That's not ridiculous to where these other characters would be like, "Ah, oh, it's impossible." Okay, sure. There's more, and they're bad. Got it. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, but no, no it's just no, no. We have to run now.
0: So the the kind of the the apex of this film, um, it 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 finds itself at a head when uh, Toulon his spirit communicates with the franchise puppets and tells them that they have to summon this new puppet, that it's this new puppet's time, he's going to help them out, uh, Decapitron. Which, can I just say, uh, if we're operating under the premise that Andre Toulon was actually a puppeteer who put on Mm -hmm. shows for children, you could maybe believe, especially puppets like Jester, that they were designed for show. Um, But decapitron is maybe the one where i cut off that believability to say you know that's not the name of a puppet that i think i would allow my children to go see in a performance
1: it seems like the hard R puppet show <laughs>
0: yes i would with say the, so decapitron. i would say so um so they uh frankenstein style bring decapitron to life uh, there's a very funny scene where Decapatron's head morphs into the head of Toulon and he gives a little monologue about what a good job everybody's been doing throughout the movie. I,
1: the amount of times that they do that, where they morph his head into a real talking human's head. I was screaming at the, I'm like, stop doing that. It looks terrible and it's so goofy
0: it's it you know what made it even more goofy is that if they zoomed in just on uh, Toulon's head where you can maybe just see the puppet's shoulders and that's it fine but then they would do these wide shots where he's like standing and Blade's looking at him like huh uh, <laughs> while he talks and <laughs> no, you see that Blade's it's this standing, tiny like, human's what? head
1: <laughs> Blade is standing in the background going what the fuck <laughs> like that's not it doesn't look good it doesn't what the look good. Fuck imagine, is this? imagine, imagine any like heartfelt speech from like Miracle or the Mighty Ducks, but the guy giving the speech is in like a full blown dog costume. Like it's just <laughs> not going to get the point across. Yes. But my favorite part is there was two Toulon head morphs for first for the speech, second for Dexter. You got to figure this shit out. Do this and this. Wait, I got to do what now? No, the formula. Wait, what formula? No, the code, the sequence. What sequence? You'll figure it out. Okay, I guess I'll figure it out. Then five minutes later, Tulan's spirit possesses the metaphysical girl and goes, Did you figure it out yet? No, I can't figure it out. Oh, Jesus. All right, here, I'll just do it for you. For you. You're (laughs) screwing it up. You're looking like an asshole. Let me just do it. It's so stupid. (laughs) I was expecting there literally just to be like a Casper ghost at the end, just like, and then you gotta burn it with acid and then you shoot it with the laser. You can't. No, you gotta back up more You can't, it's it's not in range You gotta get it a little, oh Jesus Just give me the gun, I'll shoot it, it's fine
0: So, so once uh, Decapitron uh, Comes to life, you see his true power Which is that he he has removable heads which are kept where? And uh, the other one is like a Tesla coil, which he puts yeah. on, and this is the second demon that is killed via electricity. Who knew that that was their weakness? It was their weakness. Yeah, they're like, okay, uh, listen, Charles Band, uh, we got three demons in this movie. We gotta kill them in three interesting ways. Okay, great. First one, have Tunneler Killer. That way, any anybody new to the Puppet Master franchise can see how Tunneler Kills work. Great, great idea. Second one. Um, have, uh, him get a little wire lassoed around him and then electricity goes through that shit, kills him. Okay. Interesting. You're
1: going to make, you're going to make six shooter do that. Well, he's a cowboy. Yeah. And he's got six goddamn guns. He can't light this fucker up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, no. Just lasso him. Okay. All right. Fine. I guess that sort of involves the puppets. Not really any of their abilities, but that's fine. (laughs) All right. Third one. I want that to kill. Also electricity. (laughs) Why? Because I said so. That's why. Okay? So <laughs> <This> the <laughs>
1: new puppet that we're going to try to market has a Bazappy electric beam that comes out of him. So, what the fuck else are we going to do with this? Exactly. Thing? Uh, you're right. You're right, Charles. You're right. And right, I, what right.
0: I really love about that scene, too, is that um, when he puts on the coil head, he gives a little, like, warning zap to the demon that goes like, ow, damn. Um, and all the puppets then just start silently, like, cheering him on. Well, forms of silence. Like I said, their noises are really... Uh, not not consistent. Like six shooter is always going. Yeah, he
2: has a
0: real creepy. Yes, it's like a Mark Hamill chuckle he's got going. Yeah, not
1: in like a horror sense, in like a real dirty sense. (laughs) Yes, he's always looks like 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 he's about
0: to look up the skirt of. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We're like, all
1: right, guys, we're gonna band together here, and we're gonna stop these. And he's like. You're like, what? Um, and is he aware of a different plan? Yeah. He he else? <laughs> He's got his own motives, I think. And, yeah. uh, uh, and the Six Shooter, we said we were going to kill the demons, not let you fuck the body afterwards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> why else did you make a big hole in it? <laughs> I, got, I got six hands. Just imagine
1: what else I got. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Stop uh, it. Jester That's is why always, Jester looks always sad like, all the time.
0: <laughs> just very effeminate noises. Um which, so, but they're all which, silently just kind of cheering yeah. on for Decapitron to actually zap him to his full potential. He gives them one little zap and they're like, Yep do it, that's what we want. And then he gives that's another little zap. did
1: the whole thing to bring you alive. Do that
0: <laughs> the next zap lasts half a second longer, and the demon's like, oh, all right, please quit it out, and cut it out. And the puppets are like, yep, that. Keep doing that. Don't stop doing that. I
1: love, I love that that took so long. It's Even <laughs> the human characters are standing there like, uh. Yeah, I think
0: Rick had his hands in his pockets.
1: <laughs> it's like, should we go? Like, are we... So, So, a couple of things. A couple of quick things. We're going to round it out here. What did you think of... uh, This is all, I guess, special effects talk. What did you think of... uh, the very clearly somebody had human hands and they had to prosthetically <laughs> put giant fingernails on them to pretend to be Pinhead's hands I legitimately were, like, think tasks. having
0: not seen the earlier film that that is 100% of the reason why Pinhead was designed like that to have hands that are almost as big as human hands so that he basically, can do any works that involve dexterity and could basically, just be like hey look and then he's fingering a girl or whatever and it's just <laughs> basically really what hands. it
1: was for yeah <laughs> six shooter can watch he's yes. into that.
0: six shooter is really into that
1: okay second effect question okay when uh when each devil uh doll gets killed their corresponding sack demon uh <laughs> deflates in hell and uh and then the, the rubber mask you can buy in aisle seven just kind of sits there on a pile what did you think of that and were you shocked that they kept going back to it
0: uh i was not shocked however it it made me it made me wonder because the the final demon puppet has like hydrochloric acid thrown on it by one of the female leads and you don't immediately cut to hell where a crony is zapped so I was wondering, sure. well, did they forget this bit that they're doing, or maybe, maybe? Okay, yeah. So that that was my real curiosity: was have they abandoned this thing that the film has set up, or is the demon actually still alive? And mm. su- sort of surprisingly, the demon was still alive. So yeah. I, I was sort of okay with that being a uh, a little bookend to the death of each of these little
1: monsters. And then my favorite final moment is uh, so they save the, the day is saved. Hey, that's great. We kill these devils. Cool, cool, cool. And then the ghost of Toulon, his final like little send off is, hey, by the way, sorry, Dexter, uh, you're fucked now because Balsack Devil hates you because now you have the secret that I had, and so is going to spend the rest of eternity trying to murder you and your and everyone you love. So sorry, you touched it last. It's it's hot potato rules. <laughs> Sucks to be you, sorry. And then the kid's just like, Cool man, and then laser tag, which by the way, infuriated that laser tag came back to play in that goddamn movie.
0: You hated that? I thought that it was actually I thought that the puppets were kinda cute in this movie, to be honest. When they no, were No, the like... puppets
1: were very cute, but the fact that he laser tagged the last devil to stun him. Oh yes, yes. And the movie treated that like, Thank God we brought that back, right? no no it wasn't worth it almost no, no. as little as it was honey run out of the room before the devil gets you okay don't worry about shutting the door behind you i have my roomba following you to close the door behind you so that the devil can't get you because god damn it we had to find a reason to have that thing going because we already introduced it and we're not gonna let it just sit there
0: yes precisely um Okay, so essentially, the movie ends with uh, the giant ball sack demon saying, "Next time, gadget. Next time," uh, and exactly. that's the setup for the sequel. So, any... which
1: was filmed concurrently, apparently.
0: Uh, apparently, uh, yeah, the so...
1: fifth one was filmed at the same time. Which that is just always good. Yes, that's always a good. That is always a good. Unless game. you're
0: James Cameron, you probably shouldn't film your sequel at the same time. Uh, but that said, do you have any final thoughts about Puppet Master Four: The Demon?
1: Tian you you nailed it right at the start for very little actually happening in this film this movie takes forever it like, really does it's just a lot of faffing about and just being like oh do we figure this out yet no all right like it just goes on and on just accomplishing very little and then the fact that there's no real pomp and circumstance for the puppets like falling into another pair of hands it's just sort of like oh Instead of a mint, they left me this puppet, I guess. Whatever. Like, when, the,
0: when, the, when the back right. of the box of this movie straight up calls the things that are being summoned into the real world gremlins, and so your mind automatically Oof. goes to the movie Gremlins, which does so much and has a billion gremlins, and uh, in one movie that is probably the same length of this movie not only explains the whole mythology of this new creature that you're going to remember for forever, but allows like some decent character building and then a, an entire sequence of these people encountering the gremlins slowly at first, then a million of them, and then defeating all of them and kind of wrapping itself up with a nice little bow. And this thing has three of these fucking things and you defeat three of them and then a head tells you, yeah, sorry, it's not over yet. (laughs) I mean, it's just... Yeah, hard not to compare there. You sealed your own grave there, Charles. Band. don't use the word fucking gremlins to describe your little movie.
1: You should have gone with trolls. That's really what I'm precisely. All these things right out of Neil Bog. They're they're eating
0: them, fuck. and then they're gonna eat me.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's take a break. All right, Zach, um, you know, as my creative partner in a lot of things, you know, I come to you with uh, various projects I'm working on, and so I just wanted to give you something that I've been writing recently. It's sort of sort of a script, um, uh, so let me just hand it over to you here. Um, and uh, so I think you'll find out, because I'm going to start reading as the first character on there, so you'll, you'll realize that you are the second character. It's just a two-man scene, classic, you know, like a... You know, classic, like almost like a theatrical black box production of just just a two man
1: scene. Well, I'll okay. let you know, perfect timing because yep. I've just now finally gotten into Hamilton, like seventy five years too late. Oh, so good, I'm getting yes. very theater kitty and that sort of field of of, of being. So. I
0: think that you will, as a new fan of Hamilton, you will appreciate this scene then because you will see Excellent. the the inspiration is Excellent. there. Okay, all right. So I'll just start here. All right, so it's uh, it's lights up and. Um, all right, so uh, man one approaches man two here. It doesn't, you don't know who they are quite yet, but he says, buddy, listen, I, this is going to be really hard to tell you. That, that's your, that's your line. Oh, that's, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I got caught
1: up in your performance. No, it's now.
0: okay. No, that's your, that's your lines. Uh, you see there, yeah. You,
1: whatever you got to say, you say it now or live the rest of your life with regret.
0: Okay. Thanks. That's you know I can always rely on you, Tails.
1: I'm I'm pregnant. Who's the father? <laughs> you're you're an asshole. You're an asshole. How did I fall for that? It's, I genuinely I almost said, I almost said, somebody stop me as as the first line. I almost fucking ad libbed.
0: The father is Knuckles.
1: Out. How, how could that have happened, Sonic?
0: I just, I live life so fast, fast and loose, you know. And I thought, he, I bet it's fast and loose. He he told me, he told me he was wearing a condom, and I guess he lied. And I just. Sometimes I just got to slow down, Tails, you know?
1: Well, what's Dr. Robotnik going to say about all this?
0: At, at that point, uh, you see in the, uh, in the, in the liner notes that Dr. Don't do Robotnik it.
1: Don't do it.
0: <laughs> enters, um, in a large contraption, a flying contraption with a gigantic, uh, claw that. attached to the bottom of it. And he says, Sonic, it's the claw! <laughs> Oh! and sonic says this is not the time dr robotnik this isn't the time if we can just have a minute and so he says i'm sorry and he he exits there um and now it's, it's your line as you close out the scene here
1: as no you it's see. not no it's not my line <laughs> it's not my line and it'll never be my line i cannot you you are un goddamn believable
0: are you mad at me, Daddy? I
1: am very mad at you.
0: <laughs> I gotta, you know, uh, I gotta get get hard on myself here to say that uh, for these uh, Logan Pyle style pranks that I'm uh, playing on you, I really <laughs> oh, got a king of
1: pranks. I gotta, tell you. I
0: gotta hold it together a little more <laughs> really, before we get you to the really punchline. You're
1: king of pranks. That's Thank
0: you. you, I appreciate it. Well, uh, let's let's get back to the show.
1: What an asshole. <laughs> So our next film comes nearly twenty years later, IRL. That is not in film years. That is in genuine, God-honest year of our Lord years. Tw- almost twenty years later, we have Puppet Master X: Axis Rising, which so, is actually the eleventh film. Yes, but apparently, Puppet Master versus demonic toys doesn't count so
0: yeah uh, yeah according to uh charles Band's very tightly wound canon for the puppet master series it's so tightly he claims that uh that is not a canonical film um because apparently it changes up the lore of uh, puppet master entirely in terms of how the puppets even came to life in the first place so let's jump on in here so uh this is going to be Extremely difficult to give you a, a short synopsis of this film because it takes place immediately after the previous one, uh, Puppet it Master sure Nine.
1: Sure does, and it yes, feels like it.
0: It sure does. Uh, it picks up and literally, I mean, there there is like a cold open to it, but then when you meet your two protagonists. Um, it, it, it opens like you missed a scene. Like they essentially run in a room and say like, man, that was some crazy hullabaloo we just got in back there. Oh,
1: I thought they had you for sure. Yeah. What what are we talking about?
0: And I'm expecting, uh, first of all, I knew that this film was set in 1939. So when they show that opening scene inside this dude's room, I'm like, oh, I guess this is a flash forward to the present.
1: Okay, now interesting you nope. said that. I did not know it was a period piece. So <laughs> I'm watching this like, oh, this is really, okay. And then when they're like, oh, are you telling me that the Krauts and the Japs are here? And I was like, whoa, we're getting a little, okay. And then finally they, can I tell you the actual moment that I was like, oh, so this isn't, this isn't present day, was when Please. the head Nazi was like, oh, I'll tell the head Fjord that he can kiss my ass. I was like, this takes place during the 40s? Like, <laughs> what?
0: It literally, it, I mean, I get that they were working with the budgetary constraints that they had, but it, from the opening scene, looks like it's set in present day. But your your lead female in it uh, is dressed like the early 40s and so you're looking at her and going oh i dig her style she's like she's got a real retro style is she going disney bound or well i like this look is is it dapper day
1: yeah exactly i was just about to say she looks as much as like uh period appropriate attire as like disney bounding like oh you put on like a nice dress that's nice So, okay, uh, okay, we're getting
0: ahead of ourselves here. So here's the plot of this movie. So, so, uh, essentially the movie opens with what is apparently the villain, uh, from the previous film who is a, a geisha, I believe, um, and she has gotten a hold of Tunneler in some way. She meets up with some Nazis and says, "Hey, I'll give you this living puppet if you uh, you know, set me free so I'm not at the you know constraints of this presumably Japanese whorehouse, whatever. Um, and so they say, good deal. They take the puppet and then shoot her in the head. And then we cut to the protagonist from the previous film, a wannabe soldier. Who's right. just sort of a goober and his pretend girlfriend, and they have apparently just gotten into a whole bunch of hijinks with the franchise puppets, um, and uh, I guess stopped a weapons cache from getting blown up—an American's weapon cache, I believe, or maybe they—they they blew up a, a German weapons weapons factory, cache? I
1: think. I yeah
0: it's it's uh, who knows um but uh the, the premise of the film overall is that uh, they're put under US military protection so this goofball general comes and and starts staying with them and is their bodyguard essentially uh, but he's introduced to the puppets who say hey we need to go get tunneler back meanwhile there are Nazi scientists that are using tunneler to try and Uh, extract the reanimation formula in order to make zombie Nazi soldiers, essentially.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, so then they need to uh, sort of meet up to have a big battle because all they've been able to do with the reanimation formula is not bring humans back to life, but they have designed it in a way that it can bring small... Uh, you know, inanimate objects like puppets back to life. So essentially they design a bunch of Nazi puppets and they're going to do battle with the franchise
1: puppets. Yeah.
0: And that's the movie.
1: Now, A, God help us, we talk about Nazis in a lot of these movies. But B... God, we do. This one is 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 the one that I wasn't as shocked by because, like you said before, in the mythos of Puppet Master... There is an element of Nazis already, even in the, the beginning sagas of it. So when Andre Toulon, you know, is running from the Nazis and whatnot, it's not out of the question to think like, oh, maybe they like try to get involved. And, and as you said, the Tunneler is built as almost like a, a, a fuck you to the Nazis, hence why he's in an SS uniform. Um, so there's already been like Nazi elements so this wasn't like I can't believe they took, they brought Nazis into this story. That being said, ugh, this is really bad. This is a it's dumb really dumb bad. movie. Yeah,
0: anyone who would look at like the DVD boxes as I did with these would think that it was really just a oh boy, they really were running out of you know schlock to pull out of a hat with this franchise, so they had to go Nazis. It's like this mathematical equation that if you're doing a Some kind of uh, B-movie, or in this case, D-movie series that eventually you are going to have Nazis in it. Um, But no, to to give the franchise credit where credit is due, that they have been a quintessential part of the lore of the series since the very beginning. So, I I get it. Now, let me ask you a question, Zach. The
1: blonde
0: uh, SS officer, do you think that actress is German?
1: Oh, Jesus. So... Of all the things in this film Nazis Weird sexism just women being brutally murdered the super racist kamikaze puppet, holy shit. Oh
0: my god. Of I all they the th- They unveil this thing. It's like the third puppet or something they unveil because they're building these Nazi puppets. Number one is essentially uh, a a replication of this blonde SS officer who was shot...
1: You give give this movie way too much credit. The first puppet is a fembot from Austin Powers.
0: Oh, for sure, Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, if you're ripping off Austin Powers... God if that's the the stakes that you have set for yourself <laughs> Yeah if that's the you're ripping the, off Austin fucking Powers the
1: depths you're, you're delving into yeah. you're ripping off Austin Powers in 2012
0: yeah, uh, the, and then the next puppet is like a werewolf man of the SS, you know. Which a, is, again, now you're, an SS.
1: now you're ripping off Rob Zombie from Grindhouse, yeah. thanks.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you might be thinking to yourself with a lot of these things. Like, for instance, I watched an interview with the lead guy, and he was saying that he was modeling his character and the way he was delivering a lot of these lines as like Steve Rogers, where it's like, oh, he's so desperate to become a soldier, it's all he fucking wants. And I was sort of thinking to myself, with that and with Austin Powers, and with uh, Werewolf Women of the SS. I was just thinking to myself like, wow, well, did, did those things take inspiration from this? Because this is Puppet Master and I just watched a movie that came out in 1993. Nope, this is 2012. Captain America, the first Avenger came out before this fucking movie. So, this wasn't like a comic nerd up on his shit you reading about Steve Rogers. No, no, this movie, Captain America came out while they were filming this movie. And he so, was like, is... oh, I got it. Yes, it's a modern film. Keep in mind, don't forget that for a moment, dear. But listeners. yeah, so then,
1: so then they reveal Kamikaze, which is the most offensive caricature. <laughs> like when you know when you're a kid and you Google like war comics and things like that, and you see like the oh, hop in line with with Uncle Sam and watch Superman slap a Jap, and you're like, Jesus Christ that is what this puppet looks like it's all of that wrapped up in the one it's got like the slit for eyes and the crazy goofy teeth and like the the slit. oh it's all bad it's so. It literally bad. it
0: looks like the scene from aristocats oh with my the god the siamese yes. cat yes. playing if, chopsticks if, on the piano if
1: if fortune cookie always wrong was a character just in a complete film on its own, that's what we're talking about here. Terrible. So, so they anyway, built no, these I'm four puppets. No, I'm not original point. Of all the yeah. most offensive things in this film, the thing that offended me most was them doing the most piss poor job of ripping off Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS. Like yes. that was unforgivable in my opinion. Because a yes, that's very very low hanging fruit. However. Diane Thorne deserves better than that. and For sure. I'm not here to defend nazi exploitation films, but there is a certain element of shock value and the set of balls to make that kind of sleaze cinema in that time was unheard of. And that Ilsa and, you know, um, uh, She-Wolf of Siberia and Keeper of the Oil Sheiks, like all the weird... Rehashings of it. I mean, there is obviously a bombshell-like aspect in pulp culture, partially because of Ilsa She Wolf of the SS. You know, this isn't the first time we've had like a blonde with big hoo-has, you know, as a Nazi. But like you made the joke earlier, this woman is struggling with this pretend German accent. Like, really struggling. Like there's yes. definitely some scenes where she's like, Mein Gott. What are these guys doing in here? Like, okay, you, got, <laughs> you hit one, and then you just kind of sailed the rest out. As I said,
0: and 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 keep in mind, I didn't do this because I love the movie so much. It just sort of auto played after the movie was done. Uh, this behind the scenes little featurette in which there were interviews with the actors. And she said, uh, the first thing she said was, "Yeah, the first thing I really found was, you know, I struggle with that accent. Like, oh, did you? Did you? you? Don't say. You can't tell." it you can't tell um and then the second thing she said was you know, because the only authentic character in this movie really is the uh, Austrian doctor that the Nazis are sort of enslaving and and keeping him there and threatening his daughter in order to you know have him discover the secrets of reanimation. Um, he apparently is an actual Austrian man whose like father was around for Kristallnacht and like hid from the Nazis and shit, and so he's oh, like, yeah. So I, I you know I I understood sort of the mind space to be in in this movie, and so in the in the interview the the woman playing the SS officer says like, yeah, those scenes we filmed where I had to like shove my tits in that old man's face and then like make out with him. You know, those were... Those were a little shocking to me, I I think. And then it immediately cuts over to him. He's like, I really enjoyed filming those scenes. I mean, who wouldn't? You know, she's
1: a beautiful woman.
0: (laughs) It's like, oh, my God. That was
1: the only reason I stayed in the film. I
0: read the whole script, and I thought it was very offensive and stupid. And then I thought, okay, well, if I get to shove my face in some big tits, then I guess it's a paycheck, you know? (laughs) Then my
1: father can go to hell, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, which speaking of which the last thing I'll say about that documentary is that the last question they asked the whole cast was if you could be a puppet what kind of puppet would you be and you could tell that almost the entire cast was like Jesus Christ I just want to be done with this I would be a puppet
1: that got a paycheck and never got asked a stupid goddamn question like this again that's the kind of puppet I'd be
0: (laughs) I'd be the kind of puppet that could not be in this interview right now
1: (laughs) I would Uh, (laughs) be I'd be a puppet I'd look just like Blade But then this film would be extinguished from my IMDb page. That would be the puppet that I would be. (laughs)
0: So, speaking of which, uh, the the actor who is playing the general character that's staying with them and is introduced to the puppets, he is just doing his best impression of, like, any Tommy Lee Jones military role, including but not limited to Chip Hazard from Small Soldiers.
1: Very true. Which I didn't actually hate that Sarge character. Like, it was very cliche. But at least he felt period appropriate when no one else did. Oh, for sure. Um, Also, can I tell you a big issue I had with um, how they handled the puppets in this film? So, first Mm -hmm. of all, I did read a fun fact that they took molds from the original puppets from Part 2 to make these puppets. And you can really tell... Because they look like shit, um, <laughs> they look real bad. Um, but I feel like they, well, they put themselves in a corner because, like you said, they make these new puppets. But one of them's a goddamn RC car. Like, there's not really like an element of surprise or sneaking around to them. Part of what makes the puppets effective as killers is they have to be very sneaky because of their size. So in any of the Puppet Master movies. That I can vaguely recall It was a lot of like Sneaking by and cutting your Your Achilles tendon Or like sneaking up on you when you were in bed Or whatever In this movie they're just like Okay so this puppet just stands out in the open And just does it's thing And then that's it And hopefully people die Cause like Fembot just like stands Six feet away and is just, like bang 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 Like there's no sneaking up or anything like that so it just looks ridiculous Like it's sort of the child's play effect Where yeah. like when Chucky sneaks up on you And like stabs you real quick And you're like oh god Then you're like oh I can see the threat But if you're just like staring down Chucky from across the room Like hey if I get a good running start I will punt him out a window Like there's not really Like the danger has been greatly diminished
0: Yes precisely And 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 let me also say They build four puppets but two of them are essentially entirely useless. I mean, you get a lot of fembot shooting, mm-hmm. and so the threat is there. It's like, well, the bullets, regardless of what they're coming out of, I guess can kill you. So there you go. It's dangerous. And then the little RC car also has a gun on it. So, so far, the big Nazi innovation here has been, hey, what if you just gave these puppets guns? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I guess you really could just give that been, to a human, too, but... I that should have
1: been the subtitle for this one. Instead of, like, <laughs> four, of the Demon, Or exactly, it's just, Puppet Master X, what if you gave the puppets guns?
0: <laughs> so, um, that said there is uh, the werewolf puppet we mentioned literally does not do a damn thing in the whole movie. When they sort of match them up at the end of the movie when there is essentially a franchise puppet to go toe-to-toe individually with each of the Nazi puppets the the werewolf puppet goes up with Blade but they literally just it looks like they just have two uh, stagehands holding their feet and are just sort of putting them together like mm, 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 I love you Blade! uh which,
1: th- I mean, there's no identify with that
0: sure uh, for sure and now i'm going to be writing a blade and werewolf puppet from puppet master x fan hey i'll do scenes from I that all them. goddamn
1: day as long as okay. it's on sonic i'll do that shit <laughs> until the cows come on sonic along. is but
0: uh, anywho back to the point there um so that puppet does literally nothing the whole movie and then kamikaze puppet as you would expect pretty much has one spot to shine, and otherwise is just kind of standing there until they're ultimately going to use his big ability. We'll let you guess what that is. Um, so, standing around for most of it. So really, it's just up to the two puppets with guns to kind of propel the action of the big fight scene that is the climax of the film.
1: Which, I will say, this is sort of a metaphor for that. Uh, Leech woman versus bombshell, like the cat fight with the puppets.
0: But they're pulling each other's hair, literally.
1: Super underwhelming, as was I felt the franchise versus the Nazis fight. I just yes. thought the puppets just sort of slapping against each other. I was like Oh, that's why this doesn't work. Like that's legitimately,
0: why Legitimately you- Legitimately and this is not an exaggeration, it's the scene from the beginning of Team America where he's gonna fight the terrorists by hand, and they just have the two of the marionettes just kind of up against each other, just shaking up against one another. It's It looks like that.
1: Basically that in a nutshell, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I, I'm not sure what else to say about uh, say Master how, X here. How
1: w- wildly confused... Okay, so very similar um, for a couple of reasons to part four. Number one, this also accomplishes very little in a full-length feature amount of time. Yes. Like, they just sort of fart around until the last 12 minutes where they find the bad guy hideout with zero problem. And despite having no Intel or whatever, and they have the big fight and that's it. But the thing that puzzled me most was when Stan cardboard cutout, Ilsa gets killed. The scientist who's been held there against his will is like, Oh, she was basically my girlfriend. I'm very sad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he really, he goes, I mean, it's like Stockholm Syndrome. I mean, he was in fear of this woman. She, She's basically pulling like a baby firefly at the beginning of the movie, like just trying to get him to say whatever and trying to trap him verbally with whatever he says. And he's in absolute fear of this woman and her ability to kill his daughter. And then when she gets killed, he's like, no, she was so beautiful and she said she was going to let me put my schwanz in between her big boobies.
1: Did no, you no. see the boob she put in my face, you sons <laughs> of bitches? Like, it was so ridiculous. It really was.
3: Should you not be in the laboratory, looking on the test that Cummins Aunt Mobius gave to you? Swine. You fancy me, don't no, you? No, no, no. No, of course not. How could an old man like me. Are you saying that I am not desirable? No, I'm not saying that. You, she, are the most desirable creature
0: I ever laid my eyes on. You old fool.
3: Do you really think you have a chance with someone like me? You?
0: (laughs) Yeah, they really draw out almost everything in this. I mean, you could have done... the, the, The plot with the nazis could be done in five minutes hey we trapped this guy we've got his daughter he's like a genius scientist whatever um the he's he's we gave him tunneler he got the serum out of him it doesn't work on humans oh i bet it only works on things that are about the size of puppets we build the puppets the end but that said that plot takes about 30 to 40 minutes yeah.
1: Um, but overall, so this this does hold similarities to the number four. It faffs about and doesn't accomplish very much in a full length amount of time. I also feel, and this is sort of my issue with both of these, is they lean way too hard into the like hows and whys of the puppets and like the I guess you'd say like the lore of them when Charles yeah. Band very clearly did not have a plan like if you know going in hey whatever you do don't ask me about how they got here don't ask me how they work because I just don't have that shit figured out and then every sequel is like yeah but why does Blade wear the fedora why did he not wear a top hat that seems like a pretty and then, and then Charles Band just looks at a mad lib and goes I don't hear this I guess like I feel like you shouldn't have gone that direction for these films because the more you go, oh, well, let me explain that, the more you go, ah, now I'm raising more questions again.
0: Yeah, it honestly, it truly does not, it boggles my mind why the first film directed by Charles Band in the entire franchise and a film that they are packaging apart from the original, what they call, the somewhat complete Puppet Master franchise which is nine movies so this is a separate film it's the 10th film if we're setting aside versus Demonic Toys that you would make it so dense and hard to get into for a new viewer to the (laughs) the series who might just pick this movie up much like it's packaged with a couple other weird full moon schlocky bullshit pieces of garbage and watch it and go, what the hell is this about? What are they talking about? What happened in the last movie? I don't have the last movie here. Oh, I got to pay a subscription to full moon streaming live to watch it. Well, but I can watch all the evil bong movies as well. All right. Yes,
1: that's true. All seven of them. Um. Well, here's the thing is I was actually thinking about this. If I had to do the Puppet Master series, I'm used to and I'm comfortable with the idea of slasher film sequels not necessarily connecting. Because a lot of times, like Friday the 13th, the sequels don't connect one-to-one, for the most part. There's a couple of sequels in the middle that kind of connect, but for the most part, they're all sort of like their own individual episodes. I think that should have been the case here with Puppet Master. Because... By trying to connect these things and trying to be like, well, actually, you're you're making it way more complicated and, and obviously you're not prepared to create this lore. Like you're not coming in with this in mind. Instead, why not make it like an anthology series where you've got like, okay, now here's a new set of hands that the puppets are coming into contact with. Kind of like Hellraiser. You go, Mm -hmm. oh, now somebody else has the puzzle box. What are they bringing to the table? So same kind of idea. So maybe you have one where it's like a bad guy has the puppets... And he's being like a real shitbag with them, And he's using them as like baby assassins. And they're killing people. Oh, bah, bah. And then at the end, they turn on him and they say that, hey, great. Then you've got one where it's like a good person has them. And now they're like vigilantes and they're killing people. Okay, great. Then you've got one that like maybe he doesn't want to kill anybody. He's just greedy and he wants to like recreate the Toulon puppet show. And now there's this and now they, the puppets feel shame and now they don't like that or whatever. And And then you do the one where like okay, maybe there's another guy who's got puppets and now we're dealing with this like you, going that direction instead of going like oh this ties up all the loose ends don't don't worry about that and then going it didn't type anything sorry everybody we really dropped the ball on that and then because even at the end of this one grandpa scientist who has done war crimes here let's be honest he made nazi soldiers and killed innocent people Danny, I want to be America so bad, is like, you're going to jail, asshole. And then, like, his girlfriend's like, oh, come on, he's just an old man. Just leave him be. He goes, all right, I guess you're cool. And then Grandpa walks away and still has the vial of reanimation juice because we're just ripping off reanimator at this point. Why the fuck not? And he's like, ho, ho, ho. And you're like, oh, he was a Nazi. Damn it. Like, it, it, it's going again into another sequel that is supposed to connect and it's not going to. Yeah, honestly, uh,
0: I think the most interesting movies from what I've read in the series seem like it's Curse of the Puppet Master where they finally drop this whole long lore-based plot that they're carrying on of these puppets' journey from, you know, World War II through modern times and who got their hands in the suitcase and yada yada. And, and finally they, they seem to adopt a new premise like you're talking about of oh the puppets are in a museum now okay what kind of hijinks are they going to get up to right, perfect. or or even versus demonic toys where it's like perfect. sure these are great like the, the, the puppets are great I want to see the puppets okay like I don't give a shit about all this Nazi lore I don't care holy fuck it's
1: like don't tell yeah. me I don't want to know about the political agenda behind, like oh but what are these humans really I don't care I came here for the big list like same thing. Yes, like for sure. I don't for give sure. a shit about any of this. Just tell me what the puppets are doing. <laughs> <laughs> Have Blade Neela's hat up and go, oh Jesus. Which, by the way, side note, to go back to four, the, the creature effects, like I said, especially with six shooter and stuff like that, look really great. The character effects in this one look like dog balls. Six shooter really looks like such shit he sucks terribly and they save him for like the very end and he's standing against like a black wall that they could have just filmed in somebody's garage when they finally got the puppet to work like oh it looks bad
0: he's still got that rape face on though he i still tell got you. a
1: little bit of that voice too like they're like oh i think we might have saved the day i think all yeah these are all just dead nazis <laughs> oh boy six shooters here he's gonna give them the old america justice
0: <laughs> oh boy oh boy all right well any final thoughts on uh puppet master x axis rising
1: um this movie i was as stupid and uh, i guess offensive as it was this one just felt more like nothing like it was just like okay whatever it's just a modern bleh the fourth one i was a little more like infuriated by but just like how stupid it was and like the characters were a lot dumber this one was very cheaply filmed obviously they only had like two sets that they used and everything else was like green screened. it was just not ugh. yeah i think they
0: both feel like nothing to be honest eh. you know uh, but you know oh boy uh, in my opinion honestly i think x kind of uh, by virtue of having a more odd plot of, you know, the the Nazis versus just hey, a bunch of scientists holed up in a hotel and there's and demons coming stumbled
1: across a fucking story, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that by virtue of Nazis researching, I mean, of course it's a staple of cult film and therefore it's hackneyed, but... By virtue of it being kind of weird and, you know, you're not seeing it super often unless you're a big schlockhead and you're watching this sort of shit all the time and you're uh, constantly watching exploitation films, it feels like there's something to it. Like, it feels slightly more memorable just by virtue of the concept. But that said, they both really do feel like nothing, in my opinion.
1: Well, I would say if, if based on nothing else, the kamikaze puppet is burned into my retinas forever.
0: Yes, so. it it sure is. So on that, though, let's take a break.
4: From his mother's basement, weighing in at
0: 195 pounds, he wishes, and knowing absolutely nothing about the world of professional wrestling, he is the Clueless Wrestler.
1: Okay, so on this segment. I decided to go with something that just popped into my head as something very historical. And again, for wrestling fans of the Attitude Era, you're going to know as soon as I mention what this match is, why this has such historical significance. That being said, I didn't watch the match before I suggested it. I just remembered it. It was like, oh, this is a great moment. Eee, I don't know if that was a great choice on my part. I should do a little <laughs> more research is what this segment should be called. Zach needs to do more research. But anyway, we're talking about the main event. From Raw, January 3rd, 1999, when Mankind fights The Rock for the WWF title. Now, TN, I want to know your thoughts. Tell, Walk me through the match. Kind of sure. share with me your thoughts, and then I will reveal to you why this match <laughs> means a shit.
0: Okay, all right. So, first and foremost, I gotta ask, uh, is wrestling real?
1: You... You ask Mick Foley that with that goddamn shot with the bell and the shot with the stairs. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. uh, uh, All right. I I do have some real questions here. But let me just say, that shot with the bell, I mean, that's not Foley work. I mean, it is because, you know, it's it's, it's insane. You are segment (laughs) over. Segment (laughs) over. Fuck you. But literally, that's not, they didn't edit that fucking sound. And that's literally the sound it made when it hit his skull. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm surprised more matches didn't involve that because that was the most, like, ear-shattering, cringe-inducing noise I've ever heard. Yeah. To be like, oh, wow, that was from uh, hitting something. Wow, okay. Uh, That's a real yikes a Yeah, so let's get started here just by, uh, walk me through it. So, Dwayne The Rock Johnson Mm -hmm. on January 3rd, 1999, Mm -hmm. at what point are we in his career? So he's
1: already been the blue chipper. So he made his debut and he was very smiley and nerdy and everybody fucking hated him. Mm -hmm. Then he joined with the Nation of Domination, which was like a Black Panthers group and became like, oh, the crowd hated me. Well, guess what? I hate you because I'm ethnic and proud and fuck you. And then he was so charismatic, the crowd couldn't help but cheer for him. So eventually... He left the, the nation of domination, became a good guy, was champion, hooray, hooray, then again turned and became the corporate champion and became like Vince McMahon. He sold out basically and became Vince McMahon's like hand picked talent for the future. So that's the era we're in right now is he's so, gone. So, he went good guy, no one cared, bad guy, good guy, everyone cared, bad guy. So that
0: actually leads me, uh, funny you should say that, leads me directly into another question that I've written down here, which is that, is that always the case? When someone becomes the World Wrestling Federation's champion, do they always become Mr. Sellout, Mr. Corporate, and therefore you're sort of uncool at that point, the crowd doesn't like you anymore?
1: Excellent question. Um, It depends on what you have as an idea moving forward. Because... um, inherently the chase is always a more interesting story like the underdog trying to achieve the goal so once you've achieved the goal then it's like okay well where are you going from here so then typically mm, it's not super interesting to be like uh, if you run out of villains if you're luke skywalker and you are the the master of the force and you don't have darth vader boba fett Darth Maul like just kick ass Looking villains and you're down to Like salacious Crumb on Jabba the Hutt as your main Villain then it's like well shit where are you Going from here alright Luke's a bad guy now So it kind of depends on like Who do you have as a roster where can you go From there so yeah you do typically See if you're gonna keep a title on somebody For a long time typically they become A bad guy in some form
0: And how long does a champion typically hold That title with the WWF
1: great question That depends on era uh, at this time, it was going back and forth like crazy. You had like three three week long title reigns and then something would happen and then, oh, now this guy's got it. Um, it got passed around quite a bit. In an earlier era, fucking Bruno San Martino was world champion for like, no joke, I think eight or ten years. Like he just never lost that belt so it just depends on the era now we're in sort of a place where you're seeing longer title reigns where like six months to a year is not out of the question anymore um, but at this time in the height of the 90s and the height of the wrestling boom that shit was getting passed around constantly It was just, a, hmm. it was just a prop it was a storyline prop at that point
0: well, I'll tell you this. Um, just by the nature of the fact that you showed me these, th- this match on YouTube, uh, really, I, it wasn't my intention, but just when I pulled it up in the app, uh the video starts playing and i'm looking at the screen there's related videos and then right at the bottom i see a top comment that's got a million ratings and it was a little spoiler for what was gonna happen because it said january 3rd 1999 uh momentous because it was the pilot of ed ed netti and also mankind became wwf champion well
1: that is a spoiler well that is a spoiler
0: well, so uh, yeah, so I found out right then and there that uh, Thanos was gonna snap his fingers, uh, I knew what was gonna happen. But uh, that said, um, uh, you would kind of point it out, and and I'll agree with you here that you, you had said that there there's a lot of history to this match. But that said, the match itself is kind of underwhelming. I mean, it is what they're slapping each
1: other, very overbooked. There's a lot <laughs> of characters involved, but not right. a lot of action.
0: And, and I'm learning, and that's kind of, for, for those of you that might be following this series from the saga, now the, 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 the saga of, of Clueless Wrestler, uh, I, I am learning, uh, because if you had showed me this match first or second, I would have said, why the hell are they throwing so many people into this big two-man championship main event match? And your answer would have been that it's uh, no elimination.
1: Oh yeah, no uh, disqualification, correct. Yeah.
0: No disqualification, yeah. So, so yeah, so w- which which I now know means that's the WWF's way of saying hey, we have a lot of shit we're trying to fit into this one match and so we won't we don't want anyone to pull the whole like, oh, that's that's illegal,
1: you can't do that. Right, we got way um, too much shit to get involved here. So, let's just there's yeah. no rules. There's no rules. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um now I do got uh, uh, to say to peek behind the curtain a little bit I want to know what the actual rules are. I want to know what actually is off limits because you know, you watch the rock put mankind through the announcers table, uh, is that right, or correct. was it 100%, the other way around?
1: You're 100 percent on board right now. I'm okay, correct.
0: so second time mankind has been put through an announcer's table. Oh yes. But you 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 kind of you 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 peek around to it, and you see it's not fake. There are monitors on this table, and sound equipment and other bullshit on this yeah, table. No,
1: that doesn't feel good.
0: Yeah, and I'm wondering. Well, you know when they're installing shit like that for the WWF, and they're like, okay, here's where the announcer's going to sit. Here, let's set up all their equipment under here, nice and neat. Like, have all the wires over here. Do they know when they're setting that up, like all the, the sound crew and the light crew and everybody? Like, do they know, hey, by the way, a 300-pound man might get thrown through this shit, so we might need to, like, I don't know, position it a little differently or... or, or. Not even
1: position it differently. Everything was kind of built with, like, a lot of plug-and-play sort of features of it. So like they would provide the announce table. So like the monitors slide in and uh, into like these little groove sections um, and there's like, you know, the the microphones and things like that and and they've got their scripts and then obviously the headsets are where they're getting their information from. So it's like as, it's as limited as it can be like to still serve a purpose, Mm -hmm. but they're not like, Storing shit under there unnecessarily because they're like, uh, at least when you know, like, come, you could probably get away with that. Like, somebody could put their personal shit underneath the table for like the first half of the card, maybe two thirds. But once it comes to main event time, you're like, "Ah, I'm gonna go ahead and put this in the back now because I get a feeling. (laughs) My spider sense is telling me somebody might eat shit. So I'm gonna go ahead and just play it safe. And especially in the 90s, that was the heyday of that. Like, If there was a pay-per-view in WWF in the late 90s and someone didn't go through an announcer's table, you would demand a refund. Like that's (laughs) how much that was like a commonplace at that time.
0: So, uh, I guess then the next big question has to do with Vince McMahon's role in this match. Mm-hmm. Because you haven't quite given up the whole goose about this shit yet. About, right. you know, what about mankind becoming the champion? Winning the belt at the end of this match. Uh, what about that is so historic? Or what changed things after that? But I am very curious in this being the first match you've shown me that involved McMahon. Which I know, a you've been so patient. Yes, been such I've a been patient very boy. patient. And... He's not making orgasm faces in this. I'm uh, disappointed at that, I will say. Um, but he's very mad, mm-hmm. uh, as I've uh, maybe gathered as an aspect of his character. is a bit of a loose cannon. He mad, um, yeah, he mad. And and I'm curious to know uh, what, if any, element of things that could happen in the ring or on stage would actually be either out of his control or a surprise to him. Is
1: it 0%? Um, to a certain degree. I mean, he's not going to necessarily be involved with every point of the match, unless he had an involvement. Like, if they were like, okay, and then at this point, Vince, you're going to come in and do this. Like, he would obviously have that. But really, he's there as a character to sort of react to things. Because he's the boss, he's the villain, he's the head of the corporation, The Rock is his hand-picked champion, and Mankind is everything wrong with wrestling. He's a basic stuntman, he looks like a, a beanbag chair with sweatpants on, he is not champion material look at the rock he's got awesome abs he should be our champion so that's sort of his role here is like ah uh, this is to squash the rebellion once and for all the rock is your forever champion and the fans can go to hell
0: right okay so i guess uh give it up big boy uh tell me like what 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 about this changed the face of wrestling forever
1: okay so um mick foley becomes a huge fan favorite in the 90s which is great and the fact that this is his first time winning the WWF title is a big deal. And I hope you gathered that within the context, because commentary goes pretty apeshit once he wins. Sure,
0: and that actually was a side question I had, is whether or not, because it seemed like this was the first match I watched where the commentators were on two opposite ends, where they were opinionated, and they had two very different opinions about how the match should go, and you could tell that from their comments.
1: Very true, yes. Jerry Lawler is very clearly a heel. He is in Vince McMahon's pocket. Jim Ross is speaking for the people. Um... And, and the reason why you didn't get that in Hell in a Cell is because both men thought they saw a grown man die, and so you kind of lose the character Was <laughs> well, it the same notes. two
0: announcers in that match? And yes, the Undertaker? yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. same two.
1: So you oh, lose man. a lot of that when you're like, oh, oh, Wow. <laughs> um, I think he's dead. no he's not dead. no the match is still going. Why is the match still going? are we all gonna go to jail? like you lose kind of the character thing when that something like that happens uh, that but, makes sense. So this okay. is a lot clearer here. Um, but no so okay. the reason why this means such a big deal historically so yeah, it's great it's a good feel good moment when Mankind wins the title and DX is there who are a big fan favorite. Stone Cold shows up. He's a huge oh, yeah. favorite. You hear that crowd reaction when Stone Cold shows up. It's like yes. it's like Jesus Christ himself walked down to the ring. That crowd <laughs> goes it bananas. It so seemed like it. But here's the reason why this match is important. So um, throughout the, the, the mid to late 90s is uh, an era that's called the Monday Night Wars. And so WWF was competing in prime time with their number one rival, world championship wrestling wcw which was owned by ted turner it was running on another channel in the exact same time slot as wwf it was one-to-one mcdonald's and burger king they were competing and so throughout the mid to late 90s they kept losing the top spot in terms of ratings one week it would be raw it would be wwf one week it would be wcw Maybe WCW would have a run for a few weeks, then WWF would come back and break it up. It was really going back and forth for a long, long time. And it really looked like WWF was in danger of losing its top spot as like the major wrestling product in the world. So, WCW was not above using dirty tactics. And I mean like business dirty tactics. Because WWF was not always filmed live. Or it would be, like, on a delay. And sometimes WCW would get a hold of the footage or the information before it aired. And so they would be assholes, and they would let the cat out of the bag. Like, meaning if... I'm trying to think of an example here. Let's say say Westworld and Game of Thrones were on on the same night, same time, two different networks. And, like, out of nowhere, Westworld just turns to the camera and goes, by the way, fucking Queen of Dragons dies this episode. And then goes back to doing what they're doing so that you go, oh, well, now I don't have to go check out what Game of Thrones is doing because now I'll just watch this instead. WCW would do that shit. There
0: was an actual example of them doing that where they would reference something that was happening in a match in the WWF in that moment? As
1: a matter of fact, this is the match that happened in. So... Five minutes before this main event happens, on WCW, as they're going to commercial, Tony Schiavone, who was their announcer on that show, goes, And by the way, to any wrestling fans out there thinking to change the channel, former talent here, Mick Foley, who was Cactus Jack here, is going to win their title. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to put a lot of butts in seats. Word for that is exactly what he says before they cut to commercial.
0: about changing channels to our competition, we want
1: to let you know that unlike us, they've got their show in the can. Their show's been taped. Later tonight, Mick Foley, who once wrestled here as Cactus Jack, is going to win their world title. I mean, that's going to be their world champion. Oh, going to put some butts in the seat. Thinking Well, now they're not going to change the channel because we already let spoiler alert the show. So now they'll just stick with us. But what actually happened was people watching WCW went, are you fucking kidding me? Goddamn Cactus Jack is going to win the fucking title. Get the fuck out of here. And they all changed channels to catch raw, to catch this main event. And they watched the main event to its completion Shit their pants on the couch that McFoley actually did the impossible. That Mrs. Foley's baby boy finally won the title. He won the big one. And from that point on, WWF never lost a ratings fight with WCW until WCW closed its doors. Wow. So that is the historical relevance of this match. This was the end of the Monday Night Wars because WCW tried to play dirty and they let the cat out of the bag, and instead, a majority of their fans went, get the fuck out of here, and they switched channels and never switched back. Because of that historical relevance, that moment is a lot more special than it might have been. Because yeah. if you look at it, if take out the historical relevance, and you look at it purely from a character standpoint, that is not a particularly strong match for McFoley as a character. Because it's like, okay you couldn't get the job done. You couldn't win the title without the help of like five other dudes and the Messiah redneck had to come down and finish the job. And then like you were kind of handed the title. So from a character, it's like not a great match for him.
0: I mean, quite literally because he, uh, I mean, uh, Stone Cold placed his unconscious body on top of the rock. He literally hands him the belt.
1: Like, yeah. So as a character thing, it's like not a great match to be like, Oh, he won his first title." You go, I don't know man that you looked really terrible like as a character you looked weak as hell but because of the historical significance of it that moment is given the respect that it deserves in terms of like great moment for Mick Foley he climbed up from the bottom became a main event player from that point on he won the title on a couple of other occasions as well like legitimately won the title and became like a figurehead on the Mount Rushmore of Attitude Era Wrestling and that's that Oh, felt good to get that, like, nostalgia out. All right, so the physical challenge part of our show. Yes. How do we fix these goddamn movies?
4: Oh. There's... <laughs> so, there's,
1: there's... Do, do burn full moon to the ground is... Yeah. Uh,
0: like, um... Okay, there's a, there's a couple ways, I think. So okay. um, we, we talk about genre swapping sometimes, and I think one of the ways that you could fix Axis Rising just... With the snap of your fingers, like Thanos, is uh, just make it a porno. Because you're already halfway there. I mean, when, when she comes in and she tits in his face, oh, I wonder what you're going to get if you, you know, figure out this reanimation formula, I wonder what you're going to get. That's the scene where then she would, you know, take his cock <laughs> out and suck it, you know? So. Um, Excuse that's...
1: you, take his. <laughs> take his pinhead his, out his, his ding dong
0: take his <laughs> take his gesture out and uh take his and give it the old give it the and, old tunneler and pull a string yes thank you <laughs> yes uh, um, you can imagine how tunneler would be used in course, this yeah. porno version of puppet master boots yes. first
1: um <laughs> um he's got the galoshes anyway um he does <laughs> okay that's the six shooters take. already
0: ready six shooter just hearing about <laughs> this concept is sitting offset going
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right he six he became shooter. like yes, a sexy is... frankenstein at the end there <laughs> well
0: he's he's in the monster fuck that's um, true so um Okay, so, so that would be my maybe one of my big fixes is just straight up, it's it's a porno now.
1: Okay, that's actually not a terrible idea as much as that's, like, gross. That's not an awful <laughs> idea.
0: Um, oh, that's that's right. I forgot you don't watch porn. Uh, yeah, that's, like, so, one of the your character traits on the show. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> what I will say, though, is I will go to an older trope. I think one way to fix Axis Rising would be to incorporate Ballsack Devil into it.
2: Ah,
1: oh, like yeah. Okay. You have Grandpa trying to figure out Toulon's secret because they kept bringing up these symbols that Fjord Mobius, the living vampire, was looking at, and they yes. and they meant nothing. By the way, we threw that whole plot point out. They were like, "Oh no, that's bullshit." But if it actually did, and then it's like, "Oh, the scientist like I I got I'm I didn't figure anything out, but I'm gonna steal this reanimator fluid." And that's kind of our answer. And then the Fuhrer goes, Oh, I figured it out. I like conjured something that says it nude Toulon. And like now then that might be the answer. And then it's like, oh no, just kidding. It's Balsack Devil versus Nazis. And then these like rough and tumble American kids are kind of caught in the center with the franchise puppets that i think oh, you could have, you, that
0: could have helped interesting that okay so that's that's the way you'd want to go with it is they're they're against the nazis i was thinking like a wonder woman kind of thing in my mind where it's like normal human nazi general gets special powers from the demon and you know by my powers combined he, then he's you know
1: superman fighting all the puppets okay. or whatever that's not terrible mm-hmm. that's not terrible so yeah either way either one of those i think would have worked yeah, i think so um you could have also taken shitty Ilsa and put her in part four because she was equally useless, mm-hmm. just like all those characters. So that would have been, you know, par for the You course. know what I
0: do for part four is you take Rick... And you just sub out, and I hate to do this sort of joke to be like, gotta listen to our earlier episode to get this one, but you put in the kid from Deadly Friend because then he's got BB. And BB just fucking kills all those little demons relentlessly.
1: Like uh like all the puppets are like, Oh, are you gonna build this new one? You got Decepta. He's like, no, no 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 no. I came with my own decapitron over here. It's called BB. And this thing, A, definitely fucks, and B, is going to murder everyone, even when I tell it to not. Yes. When I'm like, B.B., no, I want to study the... De- you already ran it over with your tire. <laughs> B.B.'s right,
0: bloodlust right. knows no bounds. And so to take it into this oh. movie, it would... I mean, the movie would be 10 minutes long.
1: Right, because all the puppets would get together and be like, ah. And he'd be like, I know, I know. But B.B. already not only killed all three demon things... But also killed Mandark, my rival Fucked his woman Went down to hell And killed the ball sack devil So yes. I don't know what you want from me Yes, I'm aware we had a full shooting schedule I don't know what you B, want We
0: would probably run over all the franchise puppets as well To be honest Just, just crush true. them all into dust as well
1: <laughs> But But At the end It's wearing BB is all black and white and he's wearing Blade's fedora. Oh, that's so excellent!
0: Yeah, that's the that's, that's the big tie-in. And he tips the fedora and says "BB," and then you go into that awful BB song from the end of
1: Deadly right. Friend. Or wait a minute, wait a minute. If it's creature effects, what if when the devil, when the little demon uh, creatures get killed, instead of the spirit Halloween costume garbage bags fizzling out and becoming like sad deflated trash bags? What if instead... B.B. just comes out of their face. Like, just peels through their great. face. Oh, and that's I feel how you know so bad for anyone Bibi.
0: that's listening to this that didn't listen to episode two, because they like, what Go the fuck Deadly are these people Friend. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> B.B. goes down to hell warning. and takes a basketball and throws it in Ballsack
1: Demon's face and explodes his fucking head. We'll put a warning. We'll put a warning in front of any episode that goes into deep lore depth about Deadly <laughs> Yes, Friends. absolutely. We'll, do, we'll include that as a warning. Okay,
0: listen. Here's my real fix for these movies. Okay is uh
1: unfortunately the fucking bringing the devils in was my actual real fix of the of the, of the That type. sounds good. I, I want to hear we doing I want to hear
0: detail on that. Is that do you uh, how would you implement
1: Balsac demon? Uh I mean uh like I said I would have the führer occult thing end up getting connected with the Balsac demon from Egypt. And so so who do the puppets I, fight?
0: Both of them, both the demons and the yes.
1: Nazis? Yeah, because okay. it's all because because then you can cut down. You don't need the RC car Nazi one. Um, you don't need kamikaze for the love of Christ. <laughs> you just have werewolf and fembot, and then you have two or three um, little demon minions. So you've got a better villain roster if you're doing the one to one on 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 puppet fight and uh and anything to take the spotlight away from our main character in that movie yes. because he was awful. Please. So oh, I feel God. like more more villains and more convolution will just help benefit that overall. Yes. Now now here's
0: my so, real fix. Here's how I'll say give me a real one. Here's how you fix it. So uh, you've got the big battle is about to ensue in Puppet Master X and Kamikaze shows up and you know that he's bad news. He's got this huge bomb strapped to him and he's going hod, 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 in the horrible Which he does so many times yes. in the
1: movie. Uh, we've established that these puppets don't talk, but they felt the need to have one go, oh ching chong bing bong. No, like, oh, Charles, you
0: didn't need to do that. So he's going off, it's it's very racist, it's making you uncomfortable as the audience. And then you There's hear from off screen, you hear you hear a voice say There can only be one racist puppet in this town and you turn and it's Ahmed the dead terrorist and oh, it's a no. big Jeff Dunham tie in oh, and so he's no. there and then they they they're the, they come in to save the day it's like Captain America showing up in Infinity War like they're here peanut is there uh the oh, racist <laughs> pimp is there
1: I know I'm gonna say how many of these can you name on off the top of your head okay, okay
0: here shit. we go uh Bubba <laughs>
1: I hate that that's real. I hate that that's not just. Okay.
0: Um. What the fuck? The old man's name? Uh. <laughs> okay. Um. And then there's. I think the the racist black. Okay, there's Jose Jalapeno. Okay, I know that one for sure. Um, (laughs) You
1: said that with such confidence. You said that with the confidence of a parent knowing their kid. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, it's what it feels like. Um, I've known them for so long. Um, (laughs) And uh, uh, I think the the racist black pimp character is named, like, Big Daddy Slick or something. Uh, And then uh, I guess that's it, right? I mean, yeah, I guess that's it. And, of course, you know, the star... Ahmed, the dead terrorist. He's what he's what puts but he's what puts butts in seats, you
1: know. Well, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> so that would be my real fix oh. for the movie is that Jeff Dunham has come in. Uh, there are more racist puppets. Uh, he takes Kamikaze under his wing and says, "You'll be a part of my show." And he takes the bomb off of him and then very easily slips into doing a, a super racist uh, Japanese accent. Because that's kind of what Jeff Dunham does best.
1: Very true. I'm, I'm actually trying to Google, like, what are Jeff Dunham's puppet character names. And I'm already on an FBI watch list because of it. So, <laughs> all right, we're done here with that. Anyway. Okay, great. Um, so, I feel like for the future here, we need um, two parts to this segment. Yes. We need, how do you fix the movie, which is like our jokes and japes and ha ha ha. And then we go, how do you fix this movie with Deadly Friend? I feel like that's yes, really the, precisely. the the difference maker. It is. So we'll do, like, genuine discussion, roundtable, thinking, uh, mind-melding, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then we go, okay, great. That was solution A. Solution B, how do we incorporate Deadly Friend into this? The final solution, yeah, I would say. He said it. Ugh. He really said it. <laughs>
0: oh uh, okay well unless you have any final thoughts about how to fix these absolutely films
1: absolutely not Absolutely not. <laughs> wonderful after that. well then
0: why don't we uh is there anything you would like to plug before we cut to our uh, good buddy which i don't know if you didn't notice, so there was no uh episode of um team viper ghost patrol last week there will be one this week um i know you're you're begging for it so uh it's coming back this week um so before we throw to that uh, anything you want to plug this week my friend
1: uh, there will be a new uh, fullygimmick.com. New website's going to be launching here shortly. Wonderful. Uh, we will have some Frightful Failure uh, merch available Ooh. on that website. Um, there's some wrestling events coming up. Uh, oh, the Punk Pro Show. February the 16th, uh, which is a Saturday, Newport Ritchie. Uh, Punk Pro Wrestling Psycho for Your Love. It's going to have Effie versus Trip Cassidy. We're gonna have uh, Jonathan Wolf versus Troy Hollywood, two out of three falls. There's gonna be a get your shit in scramble match. The debut of Dick Danger. It's gonna be bananas. Ooh. So February the 16th, Punk Pro Wrestling. Make plans to attend because it's gonna be Buck Wild.
0: Be there or be suckware. That's not the tagline. Yeah. yeah Anyways. is um, so uh, and, <laughs> and of course as. <laughs> As always, you can follow Frightful Failures on Instagram, Frightful Failures, Twitter, Fright Failures. Um, And of course, our SoundCloud is the easiest way to uh, get all the new episodes because... Uh, iTunes has been fucking with me lately. I don't even know what Stitcher's going on. I think there's two streams of Frightful affairs. We're the most poorly run podcast in all of yes. podcast land. Uh, we we so promise just to know be poorly
1: that. run and not consistent. Those Inconsistent and
0: extremely poorly run. And the only thing that I do for this show is just... Put it together, promoting it. No, this is for me. I don't want anybody to listen to this. Okay. This is a private. This is private. Okay, that's why it's not on iTunes it's because it's private. It's not because they're dicking me around, but Spotify. It is that.
1: Who needs it? Who hey. needs
0: it? All right. Well, um,
1: I love you all. Thank you for joining in for another episode. Yes, as always, on behalf of Tien Gagnol, I am Zach Romero. Thank you all for listening and supporting Frightful Failures. Until next time, continue circulating the tapes.
4: In our world, hidden underneath our very noses are horrors the likes of which we could never imagine. Bloodthirsty beasts, ancient demonic entities, and inhuman abominations plague the world of the living. Luckily, keeping us safe from it all is Team Viper Ghost Patrol. Sorry, Red Viper, retired luchador and the team's de facto leader. Close in Cincinnati. <laughs> I'm in Flex, Doctor Xavier Gobblepot, a man of science and action and science. Science is not racist. It is the future. Jeffy, half woman, half beast, and one hundred percent badass.
5: I get the crappy jobs because I'm the failed monster.
4: <laughs> and Lowe's, a man of limited supernatural abilities and unlimited perversion. Oh Yeah,
5: thanks man, that's wonderful. And then
4: I just had to walk away. Join these four monster hunters as they travel the world in search of the strange and unnatural. If you've got a problem that defies explanation, then you better call Team Viper Ghost Patrol. Previously on Team Viper Ghost Patrol.
0: You are the only one that is seeing this creature straight on first. (laughs) They it's probably so would have given you all you needed to know at this place if you just talked here's, to them. Here's but. the thing. Here's
1: the what thing. do I know? I'm not gonna say these people are good people. You <laughs> had some kind of mutant rape ape under your house. They
4: loved him.
1: Wonderful. It's horrific. I'm yelling for low no roll. Yeah, I'm like Lowe's in Cincinnati, and I'm just like throwing bows <laughs> at this thing. I've heard some commotion go down. That's what it's gonna be.
5: So I'm gonna go investigate.
1: If I take any more damage, now it's going to be like, i got to get
0: to a hospital. If you take any more damage, you're going to be unstable. Which is not to say you're incapacitated, you can't attack, whatever. You guys are monster hunters. You're going to keep fighting until you're
1: oh, fucking oh, 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 you're dead.
0: I think I want to talk to this monster. You did not convince
1: it to kill
0: Nikolai. However, you
1: have confused it. You know, I think it was Nietzsche who once said... And I fucking do the signature move on this thing.
2: I'm trying to bite him
0: again. You bite its entire head clean off of its body. Congrats, guys. You beat uh, your your
5: monster there. So what's next? Hey, we almost killed one of our own people, too.
1: Woo! I guess the three of you go see what you find with the dead girl. I gotta go get Mrs. Serpent out of the limo and come up with a very elaborate lie.
4: Now, Romanian WrestleFest Part 4. Great, um, so you're headed over to the limo, um,
0: and then uh, what are what are we doing, guys?
1: Well, uh is the limo still, like, parked in town, or did I have the wherewithal to, like, drive it closer to the house, so maybe it's not such a big journey?
0: You tell me. I mean, what what is the protocol that you told your driver about? What well, does that involve? Well, I needed to get
1: Mr. Servant in, so yeah, I would yes. imagine take us to the house, uh, keep the meter Great. running, I'll be <laughs> out and, like, turn the meter on. That's not. Right. That's, this is Why car. are you charging me? This more? is more complicated than it. it's. It's a new Uber. Uh, <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> fantastic. Okay, great. So, so, so it'll take you less time so, to deal with right, that. But
1: let's say I'm going to deal with that. Mm-hmm. We don't. It's up to you. Do we want to do that scene of me trying to like explain things, or do we go to the more exciting like?
0: will 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 stay with them for now okay. um while you begin the process of maybe waking her up and uh, and and beginning to explain I imagine
3: uh, it goes a little something hey you got to wake up what the hell was that thing under your house nice.
0: here hey. here's more booze now tell me what the hell's going on <laughs> meanwhile you've got some mexican energy drinks uh, hey. themed you know to your persona yeah. with your logo on them that you're using to heal up <laughs> so
5: <laughs> the, the viper bite i'm like mm-hmm. yes in my investigation did i find any, any pictures that like hand drawn in this house no
0: okay no you did not um okay so a lot of panties though i've heard you found quite a few panties i don't know that they'll help the mystery much hand-so. but they help you they're definitely handsome <laughs> oh, so uh you all are presumably back
1: out at the grave now yes
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, and
1: we're all there now. Uh, it's time for Cerebral
2: I, enjoying,
5: into the I'm going to join my good buddy V Boro Well, don't I was know.
1: actually originally thinking should one of them stay behind with. Mr. Serbin uh, and, and the headless I, monkey. Yeah,
5: I, I volunteer to stay As behind tribute. with Mr. Serbin. Summon any more sock pa- puppet out, and I'm just staring him down with my, my smile. Ready Excellent. To go when he wakes up,
0: so we got and our A team that was color building colors. the the machine to begin with are back out uh, at the and machine, and and what are you doing? Remind me of your plan or, or what move you're using uh, to to
3: speak with this girl's brain
0: to go into there.
3: And then Jeffy is going to communicate by, what, looking...
5: Magic. Observe another time or place. So we were going to look at the time of the attack.
0: All right, great. Let's roll for it.
5: Let's do it. Holy shit.
3: Crip.
0: What up? Holy shit. Okay. Um, Where was that earlier? <laughs> great. So, um, uh, you place your hand onto this device of the action scientist making, and you are transported back two days ago to the time of the murder. You're seeing things through the eyes of this little girl. So, you're watching these tiny little hands pick these flowers apart and toss them into the water. And when you see this massive shadow appear over the lake, you turn and what you see is a seven foot tall patchwork creature, a man. It's sewn together and it's covered in leather armor and uh, bits of charcoal, like uh, black charcoal stains on it.
5: Do you recognize him from any of the, the Wrestle Romania posters? Oh, good question. Apparently not.
0: No, you don't. No. It doesn't look like any man that you or anyone has ever seen. It doesn't look like its parts match. Okay. Cool. Well,
3: so it's not Vigor a... the Romanian hammer.
5: No, I don't <laughs> think we're going to get out of that. Do we see actually, like... What he does, does he attack her with his hand?
0: You so just, he, a you, weapon? Uh, he does not have a weapon. He has these massive fists and he just reaches up and just lands a blow. And you watch it from first person just land right here. Okay. And just, that's where the image blacks out. Yeah.
5: Interesting. All right. Great. So I imagine after that I would tell Mr. Yeah, over here
0: for sake of story, West. you know, we don't have to have all the information repeated. But, but yes, you've now conveyed that information to Xavier.
1: So, uh, what's next, Hunters? Um, so, uh, do I need to roll anything to get Mrs. Sermon liquored up? <laughs> and, uh...
0: Let's come in on you halfway through your explanation of what has happened and how you're attempting to, to, to cover this up. And let's just have you roll just to... to Because you are technically manipulating
1: at this right, point. Okay. So, uh, let's see. Plus charm. I am a very charming lucha. This is true. Uh, let's see. Nine. Two to charm. So that's 11, eight, ten, great. eleven. Excellent.
0: So you're doing real well explaining it. So you pick up halfway through your I, explanation.
1: I figured to the point where, like, she almost is considering being my valet in the <laughs> ring. Like, that's how charming I have become with this. And I was like... uh you know, your, uh, Mr. Serban said something about, like, finding a younger woman, and uh, then, uh, this what? eighth thing came in, and he said that they were gonna run away and leave you behind on oh. what he was talking about.
0: My mozza, yes, my precious mozza, he yeah, said yeah. that? something about,
1: like, he was gonna go run off to the, whatever the equivalent of the Romanian, uh, carnival is, I would what? assume, like, a dumpster, or like some <laughs> kind of, like... That's
2: very rude.
1: I, I'm just calling like I see a lady. Uh, and so, uh, In any case, you know, this is a perfect opportunity for you to start a new life. You know, move literally 15 minutes away in any direction from this village, and I assure you, life will improve. Uh, Just a clean break, and I would say, don't even worry about grabbing your stuff. Uh, Ezekiel's going to be able to drive you in any direction you want to go. Don't worry about packing anything, especially not underwear. Just go, (laughs) do what you got to do, be your own woman.
0: And replace these drapes, because damn.
1: Exactly, thank you. (laughs) And C. <laughs> I'm Will, I'm Will Smith and uh, it's Men of Black.
0: Fantastic. Um, so she's been neuralized. Um, <laughs> uh, great. So what, what what does she do? Is she just leaving now? She's going to pack up and leave?
1: No, even pack up. I'm like she dude, just
0: so- what's walking in a direction.
1: Well, it's up to you. Should Ezekiel drive her somewhere to get her the fuck out of town? That's up, up to you. Do you want to do her, her this courtesy because I think you did so
0: well that she might just get out of the car and just hey, walk away. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, That's what
0: if, she does, if I, then.
1: If, if, yeah, if I see you at WrestleFest, baby, tell him you know me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. All right. Beautiful. All
1: That's right. It's called dealing with collateral damage. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm to so, him
5: up. Hell, yeah.
0: go for it.
3: Oh. All right. So, I, I like where we're at. He took a bit of damage. Well. If you're
0: healed he...
1: up, right? Yeah, I'm healed up now.
0: Yeah. Oh. He's got some energy drinks and stuff in his car that he's been slurping on while he wines he and dines no this oh, so this as lady. Long as
1: you don't hit, I
3: know
0: it says four is where it becomes like serious wound. Okay. Yeah, and didn't. I know you were three. He wasn't quite there yet, so that's good. All right. Right. Um, okay.
1: You're still hurt? Mm-hmm. All right. You so got what? Got two got harm, left. right? Well, here's the thing. This is a shit show. Um,
0: that's not bad. Did we get any oh. experience from this? You got yeah. experience from every time you uh, missed on a roll, which was a lot, right, mm-hmm. guys? But, I've been Margaret. Mm-hmm.
1: In the words of Yukon uh, McGillicuddy, classic Romanian wrestler, let's go check out that fucking castle. Ca- Wait, Great. Is it
3: a castle? Yeah, oh, right at
1: yeah. right the, the start of the town up we on the never We <laughs> never talked about
3: it. <laughs>
0: It, all right, so
5: yeah, the. Uh, leather sex slave hidden up in there. <laughs> Maybe. So the.
0: The, atop, top of the, hill. the ominous gothic castle atop this hill. You all are headed for that, right?
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent. Well, in that case, I think it's the perfect time for a little.
4: Oh, no. Oh. Hello. Hello, Jeffy. It's you, right?
5: Yes. Shh. Guys, be quiet.
4: Yeah, I can hear them crunching on their waffle crisps. All right, I'm
0: gonna need some more potatoes for my experiments. Now, Jeffy. Yes,
2: sir. I'm on my way back.
0: So now you're gonna need to uh, act under pressure to resist the call of your dark master.
4: Fuck! I'm not very cool, guys.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not very cool. Well, Well, that's a three.
0: That's a three. Yeah, we
3: can't even really help out. You guys
0: wouldn't even be able to help out on that. So, unfortunately, uh, your half-monster teammate uh, needs to go get some potatoes real quick. So, uh,
5: (laughs) All right, let's go find some potatoes, guys.
0: So you can either, I guess, help her on the potato quest, or, or I she'll be like, "Hey, I'll meet you at the castle." You know my I favorite
1: part of the podcast up, was yeah. when they stopped everything and searched for potatoes for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know what makes the dream work, though,
0: It's right? it's the the comedy relief episode. True. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like
1: they're all going to be.
0: Well, <laughs> yes, yeah, awesome. for sure. Yeah, gracious. Um, okay, great. So, so. Uh, How far
1: away is the castle from... Potato field. Well, from potato field. From potato land. (laughs) And also from where we are.
0: Okay,
3: so... uh, The castle at the hill or the castle where Jeffy's got to go to bring the potatoes? Well,
1: I was thinking...
0: So here's the thing. Um, we're making this real easy. Um, uh, the Dark Master, the Dark Master has some great access to transportation. So when he needs those potatoes, um, uh, she's able to essentially like airdrop them to them. So it's not going to take her like you know, like an i like an iMac.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> um, so should we have like a drone that's going to pick it up. Exactly, well, like an Amazon drone.
1: If the uh if the castle was close enough that we could like walk there in a reasonable amount of time, it is. I was gonna let her have the limo so that she could go to the field, get the potatoes, and come back fairly quickly. That'll that'll take less time for her
0: certainly. If you wanna let uh, him chauffeur, if you wanna bedroom. let Ezekiel. Boom. the potatoes on the leather, please. If you want to let Ezekiel chauffeur her around, uh, that'll uh, cut some time off of that. Sure, let's do that. Excellent. Okay. Great. Okay, so you guys are approaching the gates of this massive castle. Uh, As I said, it is an uh, imposing uh, gothic castle, completely different than any other of the sort of Homemade, lovely, little, kind, uh, calm structures, shanties that you're seeing around this town here. (laughs) That hold a rape (laughs) rape ape underneath them, yes. Um, (laughs) Just one. Um, And as you come up to this ancient-looking castle, this uh, gothic castle, you see it has a modern security system built into it with an intercom at the gates.
1: That's Oh, I'm charming. So yeah. Yeah, now you're probably going to want to take point on that. Wait a minute. Is it just an intercom or is it like FaceTime?
0: It's FaceTime.
5: So, uh. I put on my, my uh, V Boro mask.
1: And my ex- yep, yeah. and we are going to check. <laughs> if Wait. Whoever answers this. Is a fan. Is a fan. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see, blah, 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 blah. On a 10, plus, they're available and helpful. 7 and 9, they're prepared to help but it's going to take some time or you're going to have to be part of it yourself. Miss, you burn some bridges. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, so they're prepared to help, so they recognize okay. that we're part of the, the Lucha Convoy. Great. So
0: they come on. It's presumably, you've pushed, uh, pushed <laughs> the intercom button. Uh, you hear the the audio at first saying, hang on, hang on. Uh, how do I get this thing to work? Okay, perfect. It comes up on the screen, um, and there's a kind-looking gentleman, very groomed, wearing glasses. He comes up, and he says, "Uh, Yes, I I wasn't expecting any visitors today, but... Oh,
1: my God. Are you the Red Viper? Yes, 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 yes. It's the Red Viper.
3: Oh, I love
1: that. Uh, as you can see here with my uh, Sock Puppet uh, tag team partner here. Oh, and our, okay. Uh, our travel manager here in the uh, fancy get-up. Uh, we're actually coming through town. Glad we're, to be here. We're here promoting uh, Romania WrestleFest. And uh, we were hoping to come in, maybe have a little sit-down and chat with you and, and just kind of get a good feel for the town here. You're in the, as Ric Flair says, you're in the big house on the big side of town. And it seems like you would have a better idea of What's going on in this town the most? So we want to come in a little chat. Oh, wow. uh, What an honor. That's amazing. Sure, sure. Come in. Come in.
0: Uh, So he opens the gates for you guys. Presumably, you uh, you know walk up and enter, and you. Meet. I, uh,
1: I very confidently adjust the lucha mask as we like going. Like,
0: Excellent. And I earned that one. So you all uh, enter, and despite the uh, gloomy gothic nature of the outside of this castle, once you get in, you see it's actually very clean, very well maintained, and is like a fully operational laboratory on the inside. Um, it doesn't look uh, to your initial now, impression.
1: My question is. Is Xavier in panty heaven now? Like, because it's a fully functioning <laughs> laboratory? Like, is that gonna be an issue? Gonna I'm sure
0: overcome. he would, um, but also one thing we forgot to mention um, you pulled the sock puppet face. out in front of Xavier. I
2: did
0: <gasps> He did. Oh no! So
3: I'm, I'm overloading right now. So
0: we'll need oh, a- science.
3: <laughs> the socks—it's too much to handle. Oh,
0: so we may need an act under pressure from you to have you kind of maintain yourself and not Ooh, just be keep pitching cool? a tent in front of this guy you're meeting.
3: Uh, there's no shame in science. If there's anything this team is not, it's cool. Uh, I have a raging uh, brainer right now. <laughs>
0: oh dear.
3: The so role to keep my cool, eh?
5: Oh, my. Ooh. Not so
0: good. What did you roll? Three. Excellent. So uh, you have a full boner right now, and it's completely visible under, like, like through. Anchorman don't act sense. like you're not yes. repressed. Your like, sense. like, mags. No that's shame. exactly right. Um, so you. Action uh- <laughs> comes in many ways. So the uh, the gentleman that you met over the intercom approaches you and introduces himself as Dr. Edward Bison Gold. He's an American, and uh, he immediately notices uh, Xavier's boner and gets uncomfortable. But he's a gentleman, so he doesn't say anything about it. Um, so he addresses, of course, Red Viper first. Uh, shakes your hand. I'm, My gosh, sir, I'm such a Big big fan. I mean, I've been following you since the early days when you were independent wrestling. I mean, you remember when you you took down Captain Bazanko's in that death match? I mean, that was amazing.
1: I, I I still don't walk right because of that match. I'm I'm <sighs> glad to hear you're such a fan.
0: You're you're a true American hero, sir. Um, so um, well, uh, you said that you were in town for the the wrestling festival. Um, That's right. and uh, how did you hear about my humble work here?
1: Well, interestingly enough, we were uh, rubbing elbows with some of the locals, and uh, we heard pray tell of a, an unusual uh, specimen around town, uh, and we happened to see one for our very own eyes, a uh, what I think is the science term, and, and Xavier Kirkman have wrong, a rape ape. Uh, oh, a what? Uh, a ra- rape ape? Oh,
4: oh, the, my God. The Please don't name. say that Rapicus word again. Apicus. Yeah. Oh that's, my that's gosh. A, that's a scientific term.
1: Okay. Um, and uh, so we we got to do a bit of a sparring exercise with that. So it seems like that this little part of Romania may in fact be breeding some next generation fighters. Now, Doctor Eddie, would you happen to know anything about that?
0: No, no, I wouldn't. Uh, I mean. I, I I didn't even know there were achievements like that happening right now in, in the world of science. Um, gosh, I mean, uh, I'd be happy to t- t- take you around my lab here and show you that all I'm working on are just sources of free energy. Uh, solar power, wind power, perpetual motion. Uh, that's really all
1: I've been working on well, you're here. You're like a little Google here in Romania. Look at you. Also, uh, can I make some kind of like, like some sort of, gesture, or bleh, to uh, Lowe's to see if he can manipulate this guy to see if he's lying.
0: (laughs) Sure. Uh, Well, we'll say that you were able to kind of make a a subtle motion to Lowe's, so...
5: Without, um... Like, I'm, I'm looking directly He's at also really
0: distracted by Xavier's boner. boner. He keeps looking at it. So that might kind of work in your favor, actually. Oh, true. Oh, that's yeah. true.
1: Dr. Eddie's... Oh, wow. Wow.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow.
3: Whoa. <laughs> it's on again, so, off again, but right now... It's on. It's on.
0: Oh, my god.
1: There's some energy right there, I gotta say.
0: Holy heck. Uh, <laughs>
3: this lab is immaculate.
0: Oof, I don't know if you guys have weapons on you, but this guy is Papa Packin. Um so,
5: um <laughs> so Lowe's staring directly at sorry, what was his name? Uh,
0: Dr. Edward Bisengold.
5: Edward Bisonold. Okay. Yes. So Lowe's uh, staring directly directly at Dr. Bisongold, uh the sock puppet staring directly at the boner. Um telepathically, That's I would like, like to communicate and ask if he uh if he is a fan of leather.
0: Leather. Okay. Alright, let's roll for it. So we're manipulating someone. You're rolling charm, yes? That is what it is typically, yeah. yeah. Okay. That
1: is what it is.
0: Unless you have a custom move that has to do with manipulation, I it don't know.
1: Be... well, the telepathy technically is because he can do it without talking.
0: But... Oh sure, yeah. So if you're doing it as telepathy, that you're because yeah. that... you can ask a question with telepathy,
5: right? I mean, yeah. I'm just I'm just asking if he's a fan of leather. I'm not trying to manipulate him at all. I'm okay. Asking.
3: I don't know. It might be funny if you. Bought oh, so, so you're just asking? Okay, day. so you're not. Okay, you. That's okay. The That's fine. So, <laughs>
0: so, so, just asking him uh, as a standard off
5: the street Joe, he says. Uh, this telepathically, I, I asked him if he's a fan of. Well, if
0: it's telepathy, it's gotta need a. It, it's it, it needs a role.
5: Can I instead yeah. investigate a mystery and um, ask if he's uh, seen anything? Wrapped in leather, like any any creature that's that is worn. Leather.
1: Any leather daddies around here in Romania? <laughs> yeah. Like
5: sure. Yeah, you can do that. that. Here. That
1: would, uh, I'll have a seven as a roll.
0: Okay. Um, you can. I mean, since we didn't really clarify, you can roll again.
5: I mean, that's fine. I'll
0: take. Oh, you're fine with that. Okay. All right. So. Um, okay. So he's giving you. So you you sort of will get the answer you're looking for in this case, and so uh, he's sort of. Shocked, he can hear your voice, but he's not seeing your lips move, which is destroying his science brain. And he says, "I, I, 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 I leather? I like like a leather daddy? I, I don't, I, I, I don't think I've seen anyone in, in leather lately. No, no, I don't think so."
1: You fucking lying! Now. <laughs> Just blank, pain, painful eyes. Oh gosh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I do another fan following role? Meaning, if I nail this role, can I be like, hey, I'm just out of the blue, just throwing it out there, I want an autograph, eight by ten. Like is that gonna help to sort of manipulate move the situation? more I in our think favor?
0: that uh, the 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 move, as it seems to be described is more establishing if they're a fan and how that's going to play out for you. It's right. its so it seems but like it's it just
1: says, uh, for a seven and nine, which is what I rolled originally. Mm-hmm. They're prepared to help, but it's either going to take some time or you're gonna to have to do part of it yourself. Sure. so
0: that's their that's their established status as your fan. Right. Um, so they're already, maybe willing to help you out more than, than standard. So, so this might be a little more in, in your court in terms of, uh, uh, in terms of what you uh, want from him.
5: I'm just going to start walking around and exploring the place.
0: Sure, that worked great last yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> just <I> mean, not- <laughs> do not go in there. This time, I'm going to follow... You're going to uh, go I'm with Lowe's? You're uh, going to go gonna gonna with say, Lowe's? Looks like you have a wonderful place around here. Uh, you know, I, I I prefer to lead, like, a guided tour. Okay, Dr. he's, just walking, away. he's walking away. He's walking away. Yes, yes. I, uh,
5: I say guided tour, and I, I'm just, like, kind of hopping ready.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would happily take you all on a, a guided tour of my laboratory. It's typically a three-hour tour, if that's okay.
1: Uh, Dr. Eddie, and I'm kind of, like, waving them to, like, go, just go. Uh what would, I, what would you say if I told you that there was a report of uh, a patchwork man in your little town in Romania?
0: What do you what do you mean by that? Like like his his clothes are patchwork? He wasn't able to, to buy them?
1: Yeah, he shopped affordably. That was his first big thing.
0: He shopped Ross Dress for Less?
1: Couldn't afford belts.
0: He's dressed for less? <laughs> yes. Hmm. Uh,
1: but also, in addition to affordable shopping, uh, no, he literally made of patchwork, as in... Um, you know the song "We Are the World." Uh, is that Michael Jackson? It is. It is, and a lot of other people. Is that the Is
0: that the one at the end of Captain EO?
1: Yeah, with, with Dan Aykroyd singing. That's the one. That's. With Dan Aykroyd singing at the end of Captain EO. Yes. Are you serious? I don't know that's blowing your mind. First, he did talk about how did he talk with everyone's his lips. Secondly, how did Dan Aykroyd sing? World's full of mysteries.
0: I don't understand.
1: Anyway, okay. Uh, imagine that dream of. Um, Somebody being made up of a lot of different races and creeds. That's what this guy was.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, it sounds like... Don't sound so
1: disgusted, you racist. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not sounding disgusted.
0: I was about to say, first of all, science isn't racist. And second of all, um, uh, I, 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 well, I was going to say <laughs> that perhaps that man would be the, the key to, you know, solving uh, discrimination in, in the world. That we should get a hold of him. You said you're, you're friends with this guy?
1: Nope. But uh, I've been hearing some reports of a man made up of other men's parts. At this time,
3: I believe that uh, Xavier, having... We've wandered off now through through uh, the facility. Uh, If I could... Well, I'm not really an in, in overly entranced. I'm just clearly following. There's still a relationship going on. Can I investigate while we're out here? Do I got a roll to kind of?
0: You would wanna. Well, if you're investigating, you're you're definitely gonna ro- uh, would roll to investigate. Okay. Well, um, then also
3: I found the computer. I'm trying to investigate, crack the code, get in there, see what this guy's sure. working. There's some some shady stuff sure, going on. Sure. Sure.
0: So and I, and I want to get uh, Jeffy back involved here. So let's say Jeffy is done with with potato mystery. We, we oh cut to um, uh, uh, an Amazon drone that is sort of come and is landing and there's a pile of potatoes that she's assembled and it just sort of scoops them all up and flies up and there's a little speaker on it that says, thanks, um, and then it flies away. Um, and so now she is, uh, presumably you'd like to make your way back to the castle now or is there somewhere else you wanted to go?
5: I want to make my way back to the castle but I do still have two harm.
0: Okay. So then if you want, you can head over to the general store real quick. Um, It'll take you just another minute to get that done, but there's like some medicine and stuff. Cash seems kind of fluid in this game, so I'd say you you have enough to buy medicine to heal yourself. Don't you also have a healing move? I do, but it only heals one. Okay, and you've got two right now?
5: Oh Yeah.
0: Okay, so if well, you want... Plus
5: 10, so.
0: so then your two options would be you could either roll right now to heal one of your harm, and that way it wouldn't really take you any more time to get back to the castle, or you could head to the general store, heal both those harms for just a bit of cash um, without having to roll for it, but it's going to keep you away from the castle for a little longer.
5: Let's roll for it. All right. Oh, s- Groovy. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, so, so it should still should be... Yeah. be- Semi-successful, right? Um,
2: heal
0: one. So heal one. Great. All right. So um, you're you're in an okay situation right now. All right. You'll probably have another chance to roll and heal again at some point here soon. So.
3: All right. So now I want to investigate a mystery. I want to try to hack into this computer, see what the inner workings are of this Great. facility.
0: And did you uh, uh, did I already ask this? If you had any custom moves that allow you to kind of more of an. Anything specific with electronics, uh, or is it just about building machines?
3: I can build the machines, mm-hmm. and then I can combine machines.
0: Okay, all right. Well, it's up to you. Whatever you want to do right now. Describe kind of specifically what you're going to do in this situation.
3: Well, I think I found a computer. I found what what appears to be some kind of assembly line for something. So I'm going to look into what this is. Like, oh, what this seems interesting. I don't know what he's building here but it's not just for free energy so i want to look more into this and i found a terminal that i can get into mm-hmm. at least i have to try to break into
0: to learn more of his inner workings great so are you physically hacking it like with your hands like you're like movie hacker just using all of the keyboard or, you or are you making a machine to <sighs> interact with the computer
3: let's see See, the making the machine does take some time or could have some drawbacks. Well, I got you, so I got to have some help building it if it goes bad. I'm pretty weird. This is true, Up you to you. weird. Uh... I'll say let's try to hack into it by hand. The machine, okay. might, not, the machine might take a little long. I mean, we've got some parts sure. and stuff here, but... He's going to hear some clanking, some That's stuff true. going he probably well built. So we're trying to be a little secretive, because I... I don't know, uh, Red Viper's doing good distracting him, but he does seem Mm -hmm. a little like, where'd they go? Why are they wandering through my lab? I'll Mm -hmm. keep a lookout with Saki.
0: Ooh. Now we're talking. Excellent. So you're investigating, you're rolling to investigate a mystery then, um, to physically uh, interact with the computer and see what information you can find from it here.
5: You're never alone when you've got yourself. I like this. So,
0: really, you get essentially just kind of one question that I'll answer about what's going on here. So, let's try and keep it a little specific. Not like, tell me everything that yeah. happened here or whatever. Let's see. Essentially, you found one little file on the computer and you have time to click on one of them. Um, actually, I'll, I'll do this for you. Okay, so... Um, so you find this file and you know that whatever you've done in this computer, it's gonna shut you out in just a few seconds. So you really only have the time yeah. to click on one of these files. One of them says Vladescu Tragedy, and one of them says power out power outage question mark. Ooh. Damn. Uh, Well, if i got to be quick, we're going Vladescu Tragedy. Vladescu Tragedy. So, you click on it, and you quickly skim through, and here's what you see. And you only have a few seconds, so it's going to block you out here, but you see uh, Workers Vladescu, uh, Fire, Tragic, Couldn't Save Them, My Fault, Tragic, Computer, Shuts You Out.
5: Uh, So, we've got a deep vendetta-style guy that was burned in a tragic building, and then something
3: to cover. now so it said workers vladescu as in vladescu a place vladescu you don't know it's, okay, it's uh,
0: it know. just okay. says vladescu all you saw when you skimmed before the computer shut you out was vladescu tragedy fire oh, couldn't fault. save them my
4: fault who or what is vladescu and is dr bison gold truly up to no good and will dr cobblepot's boner subside All this and more next time on Team Viper Ghost Patrol.